This podcast recorded live at the Urban Fly Company Studios. And we are back for another week of the SVS Fly Fishing Podcast. Uh, around the table tonight, we will have Urban Fly Company's Mark Burns. Uh, he's just uh, running a little late tonight. Uh, running the board tonight, we have Jim Franklin. We're not going to mess it up this time, Jim. This is going to be a good podcast. It's gonna get yeah, this and we're, not, we're not going to have to call Chris one time. Nope, we're not doing it. Uh-huh. That's our goal tonight. Uh, we're not that stupid. I think we can get through this. Uh, <clears throat> Chris is not out of town. He is in Illinois with family, hopefully catching large bass. Uh, filling in for him tonight, though, we have Derek Smith back again. And uh, good to have you here with us tonight. Good to be back. Um, I'm Jay Thompson, and also on tonight's podcast, we will be talking with Matt Dixon from the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Uh, he's awesome to talk to. We've had him on the show most years before the Beast. Sorry for the barking dog. Hopefully my wife beats him pretty quickly. Uh, <clears throat> but on tonight's show, we'll be talking about a few things. We uh, all went fishing on a Tuesday night. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> we had fun time catfishing. Yeah, uh, it was. It was, it was. It was fun sitting around. Uh, your son was right on point. Uh, he had the high hand for sure. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to leave and beat the dog myself. Um, <laughs> We're going we're gonna to go through. We'll catch up with Derek uh, and what he's been doing with the scouts and other things he's been getting into since he's been on the podcast last. Um, he has an area of grievance, which is a really good one as well. Um, I know my dad started going through this at some point. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. <laughs> uh, other than that, I took a trip over. Uh, then we'll, we'll, call di- uh, we'll call Matt. I'm sorry. And... Uh, We'll talk to him about the Beast of the East, uh, his new house, all kinds of different things we'll be getting into with him. Uh, we'll, we're gonna, I had a trip over to see Aaron Chine and got my, fin- my tattoo finished. Uh, that was a good time. Went over and helped him out with some drywall work, and that was fun. Uh, beast hype and uh, our normal shenanigans and food talk. Um, but before all that, this is who sponsors this show. We have Sims Fishing, ARX Hooks, Yeti. And Cortland Lines. Friends of the show, we got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our friends over at Muskie Fool, and the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance. Sorry, fellas, I'm dealing with a heavy headache. I should have taken some Advil. Yeah, you're hurting over there, Man, buddy. my head hurts. I, I, I got drank too many White Claws Dang last on. night. Got White Girl Wasted. Yeah, yep. I got White Girl Wasted <laughs> last night. And I, I know if I stick to my yinglings, I'm usually good, but... You know, hot day, a little more crisp, refreshing, and that was what was available. So I was drinking them. Um, Free always works. You know, my wife had them. I wasn't going out to the store. I drank all my beers. So, hey, it was it was in there. It had alcohol in it, and it was going down the hatch. So <clears throat> with that, yes, headaches. Headaches for today. So I had to take it easy on a Friday night because, you know, you can't get all hammered up after work like I'm supposed to. Uh because of the tattoo the next day. Try to take it a little easy. Didn't want to uh, be bleeding out everywhere? No, no. He tries to tell, he tells me, he that. tells me, keep it, e- take it easy. You know, have a couple beers after work and then call it a night, you know, instead of drinking. Tattoo does look awesome, though. Yeah, it turned out really nice. It's, I love it. I uh, I told a story on the podcast just a couple weeks ago before it was finished that a couple older ladies, you know, had saw it and, they were, you know, 80 years old, you know, and thought it was just great, awesome. They loved it. 
beautiful piece of artwork. So I feel like the you know the tattoos aren't there's no stigma anymore around them. You know my my aunt, fifty year old aunt who's you know in church every Sunday, she's got tattoos on her forearms. You know, this and that. So it, uh, it's I think it's kind of a more uh, you know obviously accepted thing these days. Aaron wants to do my hands next, and I was like. I don't think I'm going to tattoo my hands, friend. That's going to hurt. <laughs> I just don't think I don't. That's I'm a sissy, first of all. <laughs> I, I barely got through what I just got done, which is, I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a full sleeve. I mean, but still, uh, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't know. I've walked in three times. Three times I've walked out without a tattoo. It's time. I, I hit Aaron up. Hopefully I can get on the book sometime the next year. Easy. A great artist. I love my piece of artwork. And, w- uh, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting some fish pieces done by him. He's an amazing artist. He's yeah, very talented. For sure. I've got some ideas, and we've talked about ideas on where we're going to go from you know from here. And I don't know. I might just keep extending the fish up the arm. Like uh, I might go into brown trout next, and we'll see what other colors or what other fish goes on top of the shoulder. But Wrap it all the way across the muskie on the other side. Oh, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a, we'll maybe do a warm water left arm. Uh, <clears throat> I'd like to get a hybrid somewhere. That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like the back of my little skinny calf. It'd be a really <laughs> small hybrid, though. You're just going to look like a quilt <laughs> of fish patterns. <laughs> That'll be okay, and I will take that. Yeah. But uh, we'll get more into me visiting Aaron a little later. Uh, <clears throat> Tuesday night, we were all together. We went catfishing. Man. You got uh, right out of work and went straight to the, the bait catching? Yep, changed at work and got in the truck and hit the bait hole. You know, caught a bunch of uh, caught a bunch of bluegill, you know, worked for it a little bit there at the beginning, but ended up finding a little school and got bait relatively quick, was able to get out and get all the gear and then meet up with you guys. I met up with uh, Derek first at the spot, and we were getting ready to go in go down in and get it all set up and there was a whole party on my fishing spot i mean usually i can go there at any time during the week it doesn't matter if it's a weekend weekday and usually there's never anybody fishing there i peeked my head over that hill and there had to be at least eight or nine people standing <laughs> down there i'm pretty sure i seen a george foreman grill down there <laughs> like they were going at it they were set up shop they were not leaving anytime soon so we what, ended up having what, to relocate and we forgot you all, all it together. wasn't chad no oh. no no it was a bunch of a uh, bunch of locals two of them showed up on bicycles oh yeah yeah so i even beat you there by half an hour and i'm pretty sure they were there before i even got there yeah but we got your payment coming we already started the crystal meth flies for this coming salmon season nice that's what i like to hear i'll yeah. put them to work well, they were the hot hand last year oh yeah definitely they're uh they're definitely going to be in the bag this year for sure. I love crystal meth flies. And yeah. geez. <laughs> you were telling me, you were like, why don't you tie your own meth flies? I don't want to tie my own meth flies. Whatever he does to those flies, I want those. He dips them in the... I don't know what he dips them in, WD-40 or something. <laughs> yeah, sprays them with WD-40 or what's the other... Uh, Put them in the oils or whatever. It's probably almost 20 years worth of tying that stupid pattern. So yeah. it's Well, you do a good job. I had a lot of locals up there fishing in New York, and they were not too thrilled with me. Because it was like, Perfect. I'm not kidding you. That was like six to seven fish that everybody else has won. I want to see some rage again. I love them. Yeah, we, we used them growing up for steelhead tons, man. It was like a staple in the box for Same. sure. 
You know, the, I like the orange, to be honest. If Mark was here, his head would be exploding. I know it would. We're talking about meth flies. Um, <laughs> I like the orange. That orange crystal meth is just... Yep. I had chartreuse. I, I guess chartreuse Every, would have to work good, uh, too. Well, for the steelhead, early in the morning, first light, chartreuse was always our go-to color, that or white. I've had good luck on blue, but really? Jim was crushing it on oh, orange. I, lo- I love those orange ones, man. I think the biggest difference between those particular style ones that I was fishing in previously, because I've fished orange meth flies before, and I've never had them crush like this. He put uh, a little bit of red Skein on them? A little bit of red flash out of the back of it. Uh, and I use red thorn yarn. Um, do, you, do you double them? Do you do a, the, the double back, or is it just uh, a single? It's a single on the back, and then doubles all the way th- forward. Hmm. Work like a charm. I like it. I actually use it to teach kids. That's one of them, because you can take a straw, a double-barreled straw, and line it through there, and then just pull it out a little bit at a time, and then it'll, you tie it on a little bit, pull a little bit more, keep tying over each loop. Super easy fly for your kid to learn. Unless you try to do it with your fingers, and then it becomes a pain in the ass. I was always a finger guy, but that was just because it was way back in the day, and it's just what it was. I didn't know any better. Yeah, an old boss teach me that trick. At least it's just a finger. <laughs> Not two. No, 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 never two fingers. <laughs> Everyone back drinks. to our uh, back to the yeah. We'll have, I'll have a drink now. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. How do we get derailed <laughs> off the catfishing? Yeah, we're here. we're back to catfishing. So we got kicked out, or we didn't get kicked out of that spot, but we got beat to that spot. That was where I really wanted to take everybody, just because of the number of fish that we could get out of that hole. And we ended like like I said, we completely forgot you over there. You were sitting over there for what twenty eight minutes or something before we came pulling in. Well, I had like five beers at the bar there. Yeah, right, I was well, like, that, that's good. <laughs> already half crocked. I'm like, I well, had, I mean, I, I might as well start drinking now. I was productive. I had a really rough day up until that point. Oh yeah, did you ever get that fixed? Yeah, I did get that fixed. Okay. I, I, had, I got my brakes done on my truck, and you know, had to wait all day for it. And then whenever I pull out of the dealership and go to start going home. They're just grinding the whole way. Anytime I turned my brakes left or right, it ended up being the backing plates. So they needed a little bit of adjustment, but everything's all good now with them. It's good to hear you were you were in quite the mood. I was very frustrated. It was <laughs> it was one of those days where you know you just hated everything, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know you're going fishing, so it's there's a little light at the end of the tunnel. So after we found out that there was a bunch of people down there, I had to you know take a minute to myself and i had to crush a very cold beverage in the parking lot or two yeah or two but and then we was counting up, right yeah but then uh, we ended up driving over and as we were pulling out of that spot burns was pulling in told him you know hey we're going back over to there and then we ended up meeting you over and at the lube and went from there and then we went to the other spot and set up and started catching fish they cost the other spot wasn't taken i've yeah. seen people there too well, we got to play. There, was, there wasn't a whole lot of we catching fish. It was just Andrew catching fish. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Well, we had one. <coughs> you set up the baits. We had one live bait on uh, on the mono rig. Yep. And then there were uh, three other broads out with cut bait on them. All bluegill. Uh, and the it seemed that, like, it, and it's always one rod. I think that same rod caught both fish. It's always and that one. you guys one. didn't see anything after I left? Mm-mm. No, it was a cut bait. It was working. Now we did have that one big take on the live. Yeah, we did get a one really big, big hit on the mono rod on a live one. Never hooked up. And never hooked up to him. He just completely crushed it and yeah. probably ripped the bait off. Peeled it out pretty fast. Yeah, he sure did. It was that thing was moving. 
at mock speed for just a second and then done. Yeah, that Mark was on that one. By the time he got there, it was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You couldn't get to the other two rods because Andrew was out of his chair in about a quarter second sprinting down over the hill. Well, <clears throat> you, Mark, and your son had n- have never caught Correct. a flathead before. You know, I don't know how that is possible. Beings Mark has fished that river, you know, as long as I have. I mean, damn near his whole life, you know. I can't believe <clears> I've never <throat> like I don't accidentally know. We, caught one. We just got into catfishing three or four years ago. Um, he Andrew had an interest. We started figuring it out, got into some channels on the lake, been successful there, uh, but I still have yet to hook into a, a flathead. Now, Andrew's now got two, which he's been bragging all week, but we'll save that for later. But no, Jim, appreciate it. That was a good time. Continue to go down, and hopefully, we got a couple more weeks before season kind of tapers down. Yeah, we got a we got another trip in us at least before the beast. So, oh, yeah. Well, musky season will get here, so it's going to yeah, taper down for that it's reason. Gonna get, it's going to get uh, <laughs> slim pickings here very quick for the catfish. Yep. Oh, yeah, and it's just one of those things you, you know, you kind of do that now because, you know, it, there's no, there's not a lot of other fishing going on, you know, and you get some of the hot days and you don't get some of the cooler nights and you can't musky fish, you're not trout fish, you're not doing this or that, and it's all bass or all, you know, catfishing or that kind of thing. But, you know, and if, like we were talking last week, month or two, you know, just about around the corner now. It's, it's going to be here quicker than we all think. You know, it's going to cool off and we'll all get to get back to what we were doing before. Uh, even this high water had me, man, like geez, trout fishing today might have been actually okay. I mean, it was a little warm in the morning, but all that rain we got, I mean, it, you know, it brought the creeks up just fine. I'm sure those fish would be just fine. You know, but I, you know, I was lazy this morning and didn't want to travel that far. <laughs> well, we made it to the lake today. I mean, the lake looked full, but I didn't have, I didn't test any water. We we're just pan fishing. I had top water, little bee pattern. It was fun. Uh, With the kids. The bigger lake or the one by our house? The bigger lake. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I got a boat over there. Oh, cool. It's on the lake. Uh, it's right okay. on the slip. Oh, yeah, sweet. right in the marina. Heck yeah. Welcome to use it anytime. Party barge. Mark's picked on me about it for three years now. Hey man, <laughs> he's not here to bust my chops right now, or else he I would bet be. you can cast a fly rod off that pretty easy. Uh, yeah, it's got plenty it, of room. It's got some challenges. I uh, I get up on top of the motor. There's a plate, a cutting plate board on the back. You can stand all the way up, and it's actually kind of nice. You're four or five feet in the air. But then the kids always want to get back there because that's the best spot to cast out. Uh. That and you no, know, but it would be a good like you said to use it for catfish, you know. Yeah, well, that's that's what we've been doing, and and I've got I take three, four, five trips a summer. We take some friends out in the evenings, and we cut up some bait, and we go after some channels. And we always hit them. One particular island in the back corner, loaded with them back there. It's easy. It's a fun time. Oh, it's great. Kids love it. That uh, one time you're gonna be back there and you're it's gonna, gonna it's gonna, gonna be peel. a flathead it's gonna peel well i started taking the bullhead instead of throwing back in putting a hook in the back tail and letting them go but even the channels were taking them well you got some hmm. boom sticks now in the boat uh, that's exactly Throw right them out there they're broke in now yeah they got some blood on them when you know throwing some bait over the side you never know they're there you never know what fish other fish might come up and smash a, a oh. big bait too can that has big fish in it of all sorts we talk about state record. It might come from that lake. There's not a ton of them in there, but what is in there is big. Yeah, the real the, big. 
the quality of fish versus quantity of fish is definitely there. There's a lot of channels in that lake, though. A lot of channels. Channels are fun, man. They, they, I mean, that's a fast take. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's a lightning hit, and, and they're going to run with it. That's what the kids love. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, I get three, four, five kids in the boat. You usually do that in chicken livers, but makes a mess. How do you keep chicken livers on the hook? <laughs> Keep hooking over and over and over and over you, again. You're not pantyhosing them no, out there? No, no. I, we I just were, throwing them on. We were string guys. <laughs> we always used yeah, string. The, yeah, the yeah. elastic string. Yeah, and it's kind of elastic string, even thread, just any kind of thread. Just wrap it. Wrap that thing with thread. It's not a bad idea. <clears throat> Keeps it on there pretty good, you know. You don't have to be too crazy. Just wrap it up and send her. Yeah, everybody that I know that fishes with liver, they're all on the pantyhose kick. Oh, I'm sure it makes so, sense. Well, that's easy too. But yeah, dump them in the pantyhose and spin it off, tie a knot, and hook her on. I don't even take that time. Yeah, it's <laughs> I too just much. throw it on a circle hook, hook it as many times as I can, and kind of lob it back yeah. out. You only have to cast ten feet off where I'm at. So how many like how many after. times do you curse whenever you finally launch launch <laughs> it out there? You just watch it zing <laughs> and, off and the end of the hook and see another splash twenty yeah. yards past. Yeah, <laughs> but it's a good time with the kids. Like I said, it's easy. Oh yeah, it's one of those things. I, I loved it. I always eating chicken livers, whatever. When we were living in Columbus, just hanging out. Even you know, you never know. Hybrid might hit one of those. Hmm. I've had it happen. <coughs> That'd be even better. So Derek, uh, speaking of that fishing, you do, and uh, what else have you been up to since you last been on the podcast? I mean, I know you you have the scouts and you do a lot of things with them, and uh, any camps or anything fun. I know a camp got yeah. We've been camping a lot. So it's in between sports seasons right now. So me and the other leader, um, he's a coach for a lot of track and cross country. And a lot of the kids are in soccer and everything else. So we have certain windows where we can spend more time. So we were uh, in July, we ended up in uh, Beaumont Cub Scout Camp or Boy Scout Camp for a week. It was a good time as always. Kids go up there, earn a bunch of badges. And then this last week, Wednesday through Saturday, so I just got done camping again. Uh, we had a big yard sale fundraiser, so we got about four or five days of camping in again. It was a good time. We ended up swimming, hanging out, camping. We made about a thousand bucks, which buys some more camp gear. So we're doing Keep good. Your addiction going. Uh, it's. I've got some nice camping gear, but it uh, takes a lot of time. A lot wait, of time. Wait till Andrew's old enough to start borrowing it. Uh, He's already starting to borrow it. Yeah, my kid's it, starting it, to borrow it, off me, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's using my hammock. He's like, your hammock's way better, better than mine. I'm like, get out of my hammock. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> Are you sleeping from the trees in the hammocks? Yeah. it's uh, Is that your style? You'd prefer that through the tent? So I'm old. What happened was is we started sleeping on the ground. I'd wake up. Back and legs and arms weren't quite as... Uh, limber as they used to be so my the other leader really is into it he hand makes all of his own hammocks and everything else he's a real handy guy and i'm not so i went out and bought a nice one and i wanted to lay flat one so i got a haven went uptown uh talked to the local um why am i um, casey at uh the camp shop uptown anyhow he talked me into getting one of these havens, and it's a lay-flat hammock that you can string up, and uh, it's super comfortable, lay on your side, sleep the whole night, and it's warm. Like, I, this March, I slept out, 20-degree weather in Oil Creek. It was, it's it's a nice, it's a nice setup. Heck, yeah. Man, looks like something to look into. 
Or sounds like something to look into. Yeah, if you really want to get into the, some of the hammock camping, uh, shoot me a line or something. But there's uh, there's some good ones out there. My son got a, a cheap starter one. On the, well, it's not cheap, but the Owl from Amazon. They're a really nice hammock setup, but it's more of a U-shape, so you kind of kind of sleep. And like uh, you know, and you the entire time, and I was uh, I wanted to be a little bit more flat, so I paid a couple more dollars for the. Don't want to, don't want to kiss your knees, huh? No, no, my fat ass getting out of a tent uh, or out of that hammock in a U shape was not so much fun. So, I mean, we I always do. I've never tried. I mean, I've been in a hammock before, not a sleeping one, but uh, we I always do. You know, the tent with the cot, and it always seems to work pretty well. I like the tent cot; it's easy enough, but. That does seem like something I might even, you know, look into at some point. I I, I really enjoyed camping this year uh, on the creek out in Central PA, and oh, it's fun. I'd like to do that yeah. again, and even has, having something like that, you know, kid can sleep in, you know, have fun, and yeah. When I was in my twenties, we easy. did a lot of camping, Upper New York State camping in salmon fishing, and Central Williamsport area. We chased a lot of trout camping. You know, I had a couple real quick set tents a couple of pack tents with my buddy and my and i would we'd camp all over the place and have a good time and and catch a lot of trout um but like i said i'm waking up in the morning and sleep wrong and your shoulder's not right you sleep wrong your neck's hurting now it's not quite three, the same as it was when i was in my 20s yeah for the next three days you can't turn your can't head move. to the left yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly so have you had any chances to take the kids out at all uh, for as far as fishing? Fishing, we um, did a little bit over in Beaumont. The water was super warm. Uh, they were deep, so we didn't have a whole lot of luck. There wasn't a whole lot of fish caught. One kid did a uh, remote hike into one of the far ponds and did land a 20-inch largemouth. That was the best fish of the week, but there wasn't fishing wasn't the best at camp. Uh, we did oil creek earlier in this year, but I just officially landed or i now um i can give the merit badges the three of them become the expert fishing merit badge so i just got qualified for that last week so now i can start teaching the kids we're going to do a little fly tying this winter i think a little fly casting and hopefully in the spring we can get out and get some more merit badges Nick, yeah that'll be a lot of fun yeah it'll be it'll be a good time got a good group of boys you know i always liked uh the idea and i'm sure uh your son's got it uh and just the feeling you get from, you know, creating a fly, putting the fly on the line, going out, executing what you wanted to do. And even now, I've, I feel like I still get, you know, a little more just, you know, a little more tickled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I catch a fish, I'm yep. something that I tied. I mean, don't give me, I, I fish all kinds of different people's flies. I don't care. But, you know, a lot of times I try to use my own stuff as well. And just, just to, you know, you want that satisfaction saying that, like, man, I started with a bear hook. I did everything. Tied some feathers on this thing. And swam it the right way. Well, that first muskie a few years ago for me was got the tail off the deer I shot, processed the tail, turned the tail into a, a double Buford, the double Buford hooked up. So it was, that's always a great, great feeling, right? You know, I, I love that. And I'm hopefully we can pass that on to a couple of kids. A couple of these kids are real, seem to have the interest in fishing, especially my son and his best <coughs> friend. So we'll, we'll keep encouraging. Well, now, hell, he's out fishing me now. Uh, that's a grievance. We'll get into that later. I'll, I'll hold off. I'm a little sore. Well, we'll get into it. Just, it probably about <laughs> t- I wanted to talk uh, even, you know, I, I love the fact that you, you know, take your kid on the fishing trips up up New York and take, you know, bring them around us, degenerates, and have for years. And uh, 
you knowing we have good hearts. We're good guys, you know. Oh, and yeah, we, for sure. We, you know, want to help and, you know, want to, you know, do the same things Omar, I feel like my dad did for all of our, my friends. You know, always took us out, always around with all his friends. Uh, time and the place was never too big to have us with him. And I feel like you're doing that with your yep. kid, and that's it's cool because I wouldn't be sitting here doing this or fishing, fishing like I do if it weren't for my dad being that way with they, me. Exactly, and, and you expose him. You know, you guys got other experiences. I get to show him, but he also introduced him to guys that can teach him different things, and, and that's, that's the best part. And uh, ever since I hooked up with the fly tying night, we've had a good time. Andrew's been coming, what, three? We've been going three, three plus years now. And uh, he's getting to be a pretty good little tire. He's yeah. a riot, man. Yeah. He has got stories. some of the best one-liners <laughs> that I've ever heard well, come out of a kid. Yeah. He won an award at school, I heard, yeah, when we were he out there did. Tuesday. He did. The one that, you know, I, I would be proud of. What was it? Smart ass of the year is what I called it. Uh, it was the fastest or wittiest fastest comeback award. It went to my son. I'm like, oh great, my son won the smart ass of the year award, which fits with him. It does. It does. Yeah. I, I'd like to think that we had some help in that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I'm telling you, I really thought when he went to go pick up your guys' food, I thought he was gonna be like, give me a beer. <laughs> well, <laughs> try to see how far he could. He was push close. It. <laughs> he was close. <laughs> Um, I also, um, <clears throat> oop, sorry. No, that's the wife. Oh, my bad. That's turn right. the ringer off. Um, yeah, go ahead. We can get into, uh, we can go and start into your airing of grievance if you'd like. And I think y'all have heard pretty much most of it. He keeps out fishing me. He keeps out fishing me. This is getting to be ridiculous. So yeah, he ended up, uh, landed both those flatheads on Tuesday night. Um, after the second one, I got up to run for the rod and, He's like, oh, I guess I could let you try to get it if you want. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, kid. So, and then today uh, he uh, he landed seven seven bluegills to my three, and so now I'm I'm hearing all about that. Oh man, and, you he's know, just chewing you up. He is. He is. He's kicking my ass, which I'm a happy dad. You know, at the end of the day, that's what you want to see. You know, uh, <clears throat> so he's he's now got got pike under his belt, mm-hmm. and. Uh, He's got just about everything under his belt. I mean, we went stripers last year, smallies this year on the guided trip. He's got salmon. He still hasn't hooked and landed salmon. He's hooked the salmon, and he's landed the salmon, but he hasn't done the hook and land yet. And, you know, I told him we'd consider a replica or a sketched mount if uh, when he finally hooks and lands one, but uh, (laughs) he hasn't quite accomplished that yet. Which, that's going to be an expensive little date when it finally happens. It's going to happen. It could very well be this year. He's been close. Real close. Last year with Ryan. Went up with Ryan last year. Had a great time. And uh, I was sure he had it. Right at the end, he hooked into a nice female. Had it tight. He was getting her right close. Ryan comes running down over the bank with the net. And as he looked back, he dropped his hand. And it came unpinned right when he gave it a little slack. And I'm like, oh. He was close. He had it. He's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> Ryan and I were bullshitting up on the bank, or else he, if we were in the water like we were about five minutes prior, that fish had been in the net. But it's always a good time. Oh, the, and those things are, it's just something else to hook one of those. You know, salmon, they they just go. Yeah. And boy, there's not, probably not many stronger fighting fish. They're fun. On You know, around us. I mean, if you, I've, Used to go up with my dad and do the camping thing, and 
Oh, it's such an awesome time. And, then, you know, usually a beautiful time of year. The trees are all changing, you know. You're up there. It's It, it was always fun. Uh, I don't, we haven't got to do it in a couple of years, but we, you know, we do still go and try to go up to New York for a few days and hang out up there. Uh, I love that state. It's fun to fish. Yeah, the problem is I have is the time I usually go up is always on the beast. And so now <coughs> my addiction to the beast is starting cutting into our annual trip. So I got to figure out a different weekend go salmon unless uh, we can convince Matt tonight to move the uh, beast to another weekend, which probably isn't going to happen. <laughs> As Mark came in. What's up? Not I much, don't want to interrupt her. No, How, how's it going, man? Tie it away. Got finished what I needed to ship tomorrow, so here I am. Awesome, awesome. Good to have you here. Yeah, buddy. Did you guys <coughs> talk on the fishing this week? On Tuesday? Tuesday yeah. 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 No, Andrew outfished all of us. Yeah. Yep. Nice. It yeah, was a fun he, evening. Yeah, he uh, the first one, you know, you were trying to, you know, just how he's, you know, pull in on the fish and reel down as, you know, you're trying to gain line. <laughs> what did you and say? You're, he's lifting a halibut from <laughs> yeah, 80 feet. That's what he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so someone said that, I heard, it made me chuckle. He just, <laughs> yeah, he was down to his knees and coming yep. all the way up. <laughs> down he, to the water was, over his head. He was going to bring it all the way in, no doubt. <laughs> And that one man that he it, it hit way out there. Yeah. I mean that we had launched that thing pretty far, well, that's almost across w- the damn whole river. <laughs> yeah. Was it the second one gave him a good little tug off the bat? And I like really thought to give him some I really thought here. a second fish was bigger than what it was because whenever it first yeah, it, it bucked down on him that first time, I watched him dig them little crocs into the into the <laughs> rocks and everything, <laughs> and he got serious real quick after that. I was like, ooh, because I didn't even think the fish knew it was hooked yet. Because I mean, he was just soft fighting it up until it got close to the bank and then it did that first initial run but he found out real quick that that's that's serious game right there his eyes were big as saucers it was awesome he dug in he did good job yeah he got got him to the bank stick your hand in his mouth we got to figure out how he did too i know don't hesitate get a hold of it grab that thing yeah i remember him saying this thing's got sharp teeth (laughs) (laughs) yeah don't let go they're definitely nubby. Uh, we got to figure out how to catch them on a fly. That would be phenomenal. Don't know how, but... Dip dip it in a... I mean, it seems like from what I've seen, the only way that you can consistently target them is when they're spawning, but we don't we don't have an area like that. Right. Like, that's in areas that have, like, overflow or whether it be, like, a natural dam or something that they swim up to and you can kind of get them there. I haven't seen any other way where they've been targeting. I mean, we've jacked around with it. Thinking, hey, maybe if I dangle a Paccarini tail with a couple dumbbell right. eyes off the bottom and hang it down there and just, we did that a few times. Nothing yet. Nothing yet, but I haven't seen any other situation where they were just actually went out fish for targeted. It just seems like they got to have a either a scent or a live moving fish. Yeah, they don't have, well, were they little bitty eyes? They don't actually see all that great, do they? They smell way better than they actually Yeah, they're using see. their barbels. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you can get a reaction strike out of them somehow like you would, you know, if you're getting them on the spawn when they're mad or what have you, but how are you going to find to get a fly in front of them? It seems like they don't really eat during the day, you know, or if they do, again, how are you going to get a fly in front of them? Right. I mean, that's a tough fish to sit and target that's sitting right dead on the bottom that you've pretty much got to sit and dangle in front of his face and tease him with. How are you going to do that? Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough Valid. one. It would, be, it would be a blast. Boy, if we figured it out. 
Can you imagine hugging into one of them like oh, 30, 40 that, pounders? That'd be awesome. <laughs> That's like whenever we went and tried for them with fly rods. I was like, what are you bringing? You're like, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you end up bring? Did you bring an eight weight or did you no, go with a big rod? No, I brought the 12. Yeah. Brought the 12 weight? Yeah, I went straight 12 I was like, weight. man, I was like, I don't want to bring my 10 weight. I even went with <laughs> I was li- like, I'm not doing that. Remember, I, th- I brought the Limit Creek. Because I was like, I'm just yeah. bringing as big as I got for right now. And just at least that thing there's got the big extended butt and I can like torque it pull. in and pull. But yeah. I don't know. I think that'd be the ultimate test. You get one on a fly like naturally, not in a spawn situation. Just go out in its natural environment and get one. Dang. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Kudos to you. Outstanding. Kudos I mean, to you. Channel cats. I mean, we've got oh, yeah. plenty Talk, of channel cats on fly rod. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Throw a little black zonker down there yeah, and let it swing sure. around on the bottom. You're yeah. going to get a channel cat, you know, before... Too long, at mm-hmm. least around here. Yeah, leech. Yeah, mm-hmm. any kind yep. of yep. Anything black leech. Yep. yep. Definitely. Cotton. And a walleye. Yeah, and a walleye. He'll be hanging out down there too. But you know, I, I like catching them on the fly. But again, I went to places where you know we catch all kinds of different fish when we use bait. You know, flatheads, channels, and again, I go down there with a the fly. You're only catching a couple of different kinds of fish. You know, and the flathead's never one of them. You know one thing, though, I don't mind catching cats, but one thing I really hate about them is they really junk your leader all up. And then that stuff's just like, you can't get that slime coating off of it, and then the leader doesn't, it, it's, like, more buoyant then. It's like, it's, that stuff's thick. No matter how much you sit and, like, try to, like, get it off the leader, it just does not. <laughs> it's like it just snot. slides from one end, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it just stuck to it for good. Cut it off. It's, yeah, you just like, eh, new leader. <clears throat> so, um, Mark, did you do any other? Was that the only kind of fishing you've done this That's week, too? I've done nothing but tie flies. That is it. Probably for the foreseeable future. Tying, tying, tying. I'm almost there, but I still got a little ways to go. I just want to get everything ready so when season's here, time to fish then. Yeah, you're screwing around. Yeah, I did deer tails. I was, did 50 some of them. That bag was a lot bigger than I thought it'd be. And you're just you're just gonna use all those yourself. Oh, they man. just stay right there. Um, Urban fly cow. I'll, I'll already start up. These will come off in a week, and I'll start another batch. And then them fifty will last. Mm. Lately, they haven't been making a month. Hmm. What colors are you running? Uh, I still got to get a lot of black done. I do. Mm. I go through a ton of black. Yeah. Black, dark brown, cocoa brown, olive, orange, yellow. So it's a cycle. Then a little pink here, a little red here. And then I still, um, I'll still buy chartreuse and fluorescent yellow. I was just I was just yellow, yeah. yellow are still out, right? I was gonna. Yeah. Ask I do about regular yellow, but yeah, the fluorescent and the chartreuse I don't mess with. Yeah, I was gonna ask about the chartreuse, but mm-hmm. that's you answered my question. No, other than that, I do everything else. Is that chartreuse harder than the black? Mm, I don't know. I just haven't found anything that I can get it with yet. I've still got a couple neon ones that I want to mess with that I haven't, but I haven't found a dye that's gotten it. Well, the way that you I do it, it. Yeah. yeah, without doing like an acid, the way that like I I do. It. If I can find one that would do it that way, I would do them. But I don't know that I can without going an acid router right. with heat or with a, you know, overnight. I don't know. I've, I mean, there's ways to do it, but they're all acid ways that I didn't, I'm aware of. I really don't want to go that route. Does that take away from the texture? The tail a little no, bit. No, I just have to either do it outside or with ventilation or oh, something. Yeah. I can't do it good in my point. house. <laughs> good point. So, right now I use vinegar as my acid, but you got to use acid, acid for that. And that's getting into another level. I'd have to have something, to either, like I said, do it outside or ventilate it somehow. I can't just do it the way that I'm doing mine. Have a chemistry d- degree. 
Yeah. <laughs> Nuts. <clears throat> a lot of them, they're really good at it. Boy, they, it's unreal. Yeah. They know their stuff. You uh, <clears throat> and you just keep probably half of them white, or they? What's what mm. do you think the percentage is? Probably, no, I wouldn't say half, but probably a good twenty five percent still stay white. Good, a lot of white, yeah. a lot. Yeah. My favorite fly, I like Same. a white fly, man. I don't know why. It's, it might be that you just see it. I don't know it, when it comes swimming back to you. You're like, oh, I can see that. That's pretty no, cool. Everything's got a white belly. Yeah, sure. That's my. That's true. I mean, almost every except for like a small mouth and a couple other things. Sucker Everything's got a white belly. Got a yellow. Even that's right. Tan. You can yeah. get away with a light tan. These evil, almost white. So yeah, a lot of it is. There's natural belly. I love me that white fly. Haven't tied a bucktail in a little while. But I, I'm probably going to try to throw a few flies together. Just take my Allegra, put a few together, a couple white flies before have the me, Beast of the East. Let me make you a couple just in case. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. If, if you guys come in one Saturday, Sunday and uh, my face is all... Uh, Swollen up. Yeah, looks like I uh, just got in a fight with Rocky. You'll know. You'll know what happened. I was going for Flies for the Beast, but uh, we'll see. If not, yeah, maybe I'll have to take a couple of Mark's rejects. <laughs> or I'll just, or that, or I'll just have to go over and see what uh, Jim has cooking over there. He's got half of Mark's flies in his box anyway, so. Don't you worry uh-huh. about what's in my box. <laughs> <laughs> He's been whipping up some nice ones, too. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been playing around every now and again, sitting on the vice and just seeing what I can come up with. Messed Coming up, out good. Yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's He's learning quick. Yeah. If it's not good, that. just stick a mask on it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll like just shove this <laughs> over it. All right, perfect. Look how good this came out. It's yep. And the neat, neat part is, like with that one you did there, you got that collar built. That thing's will still swim fine because of the collar on it. Yeah. The you were talking about earlier before we got on the air about, you know, trying to spin a Buford in comparison to even just like a bulkhead. And I know you like a bulkhead. After watching Mark spin a deer hair and you think that you can do it, it's not the same. It's not. That there, there's definitely a certain level of finesse to that. It, you can tell that there's the, the time difference put into that watching you do it versus like me trying to replicate it. I look like a, you know. Yeah. I love getting that perfect fly all the way up to the head. You love every <laughs> yeah. ounce of it, and then you get the head on. You're like, you God, pan- this thing looks like hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, un- I've unwrapped a few. Several. You know? yep. oh, yeah. Yeah. Back go off. back, do them. Try it again. Mm-hmm. Try it again. But I definitely uh, newfound respect for you guys on how you how you put the heads on your flies. I mean, that's it's a learning curve in its own. It is, but once you get it, it's from once you get it, then it's just learning the different textures from there. Because each one's going to flare differently. It's going to want to do different things. And to where you manipulate the the pressure of the thread does all of it. It's how and where you where you pull and where you're, you know, because really when you're setting a head like that, you're pulling on like three different directions on different times. As long as it's going that way, it's going to lock it into place and hold for you. If it doesn't, it's just going to spin. You're going to have a fun time because yeah, it's I never going to get locked. It's going to spin around. You're going to want to keep wrapping. It keeps going. Flipping around the hook. Yeah. There's and a then, couple uh, little piles there. But like if you're coming in, like ways. thinking this way, like if you're putting that first one on, like I mean, because I obviously stack mine top, bottom, then spin. But if you're putting that first one on, you wrap around, you pull straight down, the natural one is going to want it to roll. So at that point, you're holding, take it loose, and then you pull it directly back at you and you pull tight. Then that's that resetting that pressure so that it holds it in place. I got to try that. 
But then, like, when you're coming down onto the second one, like the bottom one, the top one's already set and it's locked in, you're almost wanting to pull out on that one a little bit because then what it's doing is it's bringing it down to set it to the sides. So if you did it like that and you pulled it straight back, it'd be fine, but you're going to have a little bit of gap on either Gaps. sides of them. Mm -hmm. So what that does is when you pull it outwards, pulls it, flares it, Sort of, as soon as they touch, then you just pull your fingers together, pull straight down. Lock this it. is why I love fly tying night, so I can knock the rust off every time I, I go back, every time I <laughs> mess up. So I went over to bulkheads. <laughs> bulkheads are easier. Yep. As long as you got the right tail for it, they're good. Yeah, my, that brown one I just showed you the other day was real flimsy. It was a real weak fibered tail, so it was it was a bulkhead, and I didn't have anything I liked for. I'm not a fan you know, of that fiber itself. Yeah. It's a tough one to wear. I mean, it, it's good for like hollow flies and like real like, but for musky wise, it's a tough or fiber to really spin get. a brush in. But I, I couldn't. Yeah, it's tough fiber to get suitable I, for. Muskies. I didn't like it for the head, and I didn't have any other good browns and available, so I went bulk it. I liked it. Fly came out nice. Cool. <clears throat> browns easy to dye. Hmm. Any of the rit ones, rit ones die really easy. Yeah. I got a couple tails in the freezer. I got to do. You'll process, you'll process your own Derek as well? Sometimes, try? yeah. Well, to get some of the, the better tails I've ever had are actually ones that I, I do on my own. Mark showed me a year or two ago. And uh, I do about three, grab four a year, five a year. Bring them down one yeah. night and we'll do them, throw them on the right, or put your own little side and have a couple beers. Perfect. Yeah. Well, take two seconds. Sounds like a plan. And crap, I did 54 the other night and I started at five and I was done by nine. I used to try to hang out with... Uh, Mark and Chad, when they, you know, oh, you guys yeah, were you doing your thing, die. I Maybe couldn't even. Maybe coming in a garage. And, yeah. Nope, couldn't even hang out. Like, all right, guys, I'm dying here. I can't <laughs> <Yeah>. breathe. <laughs> I'll see you later. Ice swollen shit. <laughs> some of them were like mass proportion. There were some like 130, 40, 50 tail days there. Damn. Oh, his wife loved when his whole garage was full of bucktails. Did you split them with a razor blade? Knife. Knife, just straight. Uh, I like knife. a seven-inch um, boning. Mm -hmm. Like a little stiff blade, mm -hmm. yep. not a uh, fillet because it's got like a little too much give in it. Like a seven-inch boning, nice, perfect. Victor Knox makes a really good one. That's kind of the one I've been sticking with. It goes into your hand really quick. <laughs> no, that was the little <laughs> paring knife. Oh, okay. Or the skinning knife. That thing's that was an outdoor edge one that I like. I like sat and like I got a couple different hones and I had it the day before on like a steel, like a mm -hmm. stone. Whetstone, getting it. She was oh, super sharp. It is still lightning sharp. Mm -hmm. Like, I was cutting borax, like, to get the bottle, like, box open, literally, like, you touch, and like, shunk, straight through cardboard. I'm like, yeah, that's why it went through my fingers so easy. Tell <laughs> you yep. what, though, we did play with that. We came over and casted that rod a little bit with that 600 on it. That's a nice combo, man. bit I different really like than that. what the 500 was, huh? Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit ago, man. That, I like the, the difference in that line from casting it from back here the other day to casting it the other day. It's... That's that's definitely a difference. Yeah, it, it makes fires. it a little easier. Dialing it in, six hundred. Six hundred's really nice with the heavier tip. I mean, I can see what the, where the five hundred's good. You know, and it, it depends too because I like to bury it in a little bit more and kind of load deeper and fire. Where if you got like a faster stroke, the the lighter tip's definitely a little better with a five hundred. But even at that, I still think five hundred's a little light on it. I think five fifty, give or take, the six hundred's perfect for it. From like this, like the heavier tip. Nice. But it, I mean, any which way you want to cast it, it just you can cast it just like you're a single hand rod. Just use both hands. Just let the line go and just cast it back and forth like you normally would. And it's, I mean, it's any which way you go about it, getting pretty easy. I know my shoulders nice. liked it. Yeah, 
really easy to cast the cast the line out there. The only oh time yeah, the the amount of uh, you know uh, pressure you put on your elbow, you know, just regular fly casting a twelve weight, uh, and I know mine. It just it, it takes some toll on them. You feel it a little bit, you know, and that rod, man, it just takes all that all that pressure off your elbow, off your wrist. You could use your bottom hand and really move it fast and really fire that thing out and load that rod mm -hmm. well. It, you know, it would take a little bit of just, just maybe a little getting used to. I wouldn't imagine more than one day. No, really just really get out there and really get out there and just bam. I mean, I had a guy on the boat that he brought it out in his first day with it. I mean, he fished great with it. You know, I mean, we missed a fish, but we got a few other bycatches between pike and smallmouth and picking apart the sections he needed to with the first day out with him. I mean, yeah, you got some hiccups, and the line slips out of your hand from time to time and this and that, but it doesn't take long with it. You can pick it up pretty quick. That's awesome. I mean, I definitely know it's the only time, like, I really feel it is when I'm not doing it right, and I'm pushing with my right hand, and instead of, like, pulling with the left, then, like, you can feel, like, in your wrist, to, like, it'll start to, like, get a little. But even, like, with the other, like, the Limit Creek, the tough part of that is just, you know, carrying 700 grain all the time. You take that weight off there and you put, like, a normal weight grain on, like, lying on, you can go all day with it easy and still throw decent-sized flies. Make life a little easier on us. Yeah. Never a bad thing. No. Especially with the beast. Yeah. Two you're days. throwing for two days mm -hmm. pretty mm -hmm. heavily, you know. Man, it'll be nice, you know, to start off with something that you, you know, don't have to start off with that one. But, you know, the second half of the second day, you're definitely going to be wanting to turn to that and, Take it easy on yourself. Well, that's just it. So many people pick up the rod and they're like, well, this isn't bad at all. Well, go a couple weeks without fishing. Then, you know, then pick it up and then try to cast all day long. By the time you get, you know, a few hours in, it does. It wears on you. I mean, whatever you can do to kind of make that easy. If you can get out there all the time, you build, a, you know, the muscle memory up for it. But I don't know. Seems like a lot of people that switch over to the muskie good 80% of them, they fatigue out quick. So anything that can help will make a difference. Even right. like that chippy two-piece, that eight weight, yep. it's a nice little fatigue rod there. Start wearing down a little bit. That rod's late as all get out. Yeah, I love that rod. Dial down the fly size and... Dial down the fly size, yeah. Yeah, yeah you need to try that thing for muskies. Yeah, I do. Caught a few on it now. Need some of them little white changers from Jay. Hmm. I actually I started I, I, I started one I saw it and that's there. as far as yeah. it got I I went upstairs for glue or something and totally forgot what I was doing squirrel and yes I, absolutely <laughs> squirrel I don't know what the hell's going in here so yeah that was it that was about the end of that and then uh came back down I'm like oh, I was tying a fly that's what I was doing I was gonna try to get some of the fly done for Derek but at least if it's sitting there started, I'll, I'll be more inclined to finish it. I saw it when I walked in. I'm like, oh, he's got it started. At least it started. Uh, uh, do they have to both be white? No. Does it matter? Nope. Okay. I, I mean, I, if, if I like, like white. A, would you like I, a black changer or would you just want two white changers? Does that matter. sound better? One black, one white? I don't care. I don't. Okay. I just wonder. I mean, Mark likes black changers, so. I mean, hey, they're each their own. I know everybody likes a little bit something different. I I, I don't mind. White's my go-to, but I'll I'll take black. I don't mind a small black fly now black. and again. Black flies matter. They're, they're, they <laughs> they they work right. all the time. That's right. Every day. So I just like Best I said, color I there is. I like to see the fly. I'm I'm just I don't know. That's I, the only reason people don't fish because you can't see it. Yeah. If you can see it, everybody be fishing black because it it always works. 
It, if it's bright and sunny, if it's dark, it doesn't matter. I mean, that fly is produced all the time. Looks like a shadow. Looks like a glimpse of something. They got to go investigate, right? Right. The white fly, they could sit there and watch it the whole time. Oh, that didn't disappear at all. I don't have to see what the hell that is. I know what it is. Mine, that doesn't ur- swim, right? What the hell is that thing? It's an urban fly co. <laughs> oh, we're going to let that one go by. Seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, Mark. Yep. <laughs> see you again in a couple days. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, we're going to take a little break, uh, and we're going to come back uh, with Matt Dixon. Hey, and we're back with Matt Dixon, president of the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance and the uh, host of the Beast of the East. Uh, nice having you on again. We always love talking to you. Thanks for having me. You guys do a great job of hyping the beast. Um, I honestly think that you guys are a key factor on us selling out this year. So thanks for having us. Nice. Heck yeah, awesome. I, we we love it so much, like we've talked about on the show before, just something we look forward to. As soon as this one's done, we're already looking forward to next year's, and uh, it's something that I've, we've enjoyed doing for, man, quite a number of years now. Uh, I know I was in, like, the second one was when I started. Second, or, Yeah, I think it was second or third one. This makes it's my been quite seventh a while. now, yeah. Uh, how many beasts have there been, and, um, you know, how did that all get started? Well, that's this. this is going to be... Let me check. I think it's our ninth, our ninth annual. And actually, um, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance started at the same time. So we've been together as a group now for 10 years. And the, I think the main reason for us starting a chapter was actually to start this tournament. Um, back in the day, we had Corey Seipel and uh, Phil Smeal. Um, they're not too active in the club anymore. Actually, I don't even think, don't think they're members anymore, but, um, to have this tournament, they wanted to, you know, have the Muskies Inc. behind them for insurance purposes and everything. So we started the chapter, and then the spring of the following year, we had our first, the inaugural Beast, which was in April. So kind of how the, the Beast got started, and, and actually the club um, as well, kind of hand-in-hand hand started together, one because of the other. Um, what ended up moving the tournament to uh... – the fall October dates instead of being in the spring well, the first one. And I don't, I don't know if any guys were in part of that one or not was in April and we had flood condition waters. I mean, the Allegheny was, was blown out. Um, we had locals up there telling us we were going to kill people. Uh, you know, it was dangerous. You shouldn't be out on the lake or, or not even on, you couldn't get on the lake. Um, Nebraska bridge was underwater. So wow. you really couldn't even get on, on Tynesta Lake, but, um, to, to prevent that from happening again, you know, we moved it to, to October. So, um, that was the main reason that, that year, we, the, the inaugural year, we didn't do too bad with numbers of fish. I think there were seven fish caught the first year, but every one of them, I think came out of the, uh, Tynesta Creek, the outflow of Nebraska or out of Tynesta Lake. I think there was one or two maybe caught out of the main river, but it, it was really pretty treacherous. So that, that was the reason for moving it to the fall. It seems to be working pretty well for you guys being in the fall and everything. And uh, you guys also changed the date or some, no, what was it? Tree Lynch changed their date this year. Um, and did you see any influxuation from people from that area coming down to want to fish this and get back up there and fish as well? We, we really didn't see any influx last year. We had, I think uh, 
one of the guys from musky pools come out uh and fished it but this year we don't have anybody from uh you know that mid mid uh middle states out there we've got kentucky uh tennessee ohio but nothing from wisconsin or michigan anything like that so we didn't get that influx but to, to tell you the truth we honestly we were open for two weeks this year and filled up in two weeks when we put that you know the cap on the teams and the dates um i was amazed how quickly it filled up so um we did move the dates a couple times you know it coincides with the first day of archery i think in pennsylvania we've tried moving it around there and we move it to, i think the state moves the opening day of archery so uh, we gave up on it. We said, if you're going to fish, you're going to fish. If you're going to hunt, you're going to hunt. So um doesn't look like it's hindering us at all with, with archery season anymore. With Like I said, us no, selling out in two weeks. It is the uh, first day of uh, waterfowl hunting, though. It's the first day of duck. That's for sure. I know that. Uh, I won't be duck hunting. I'll be I heard fishing for musky. Somebody... <laughs> picking up a dead duck that somebody apparently shot and floated by <laughs> nice the only you thing guys to... didn't hear that one no, no. side catch <laughs> somewhere on the up uh, the allegheny up near warren i think and i don't remember who was saying it but um apparently one of the musky guys got a a dead duck <laughs> nice. does that count i was gonna say a new side pool <laughs> has that a bycatch, I or bycatch pump, yet? so i don't know <laughs> so what are the uh boundaries for going into this year water wise well we're gonna it's pretty much the same as as it's been you're gonna have tynesta lake from the dam up to nebraska bridge you're gonna have the allegheny river from um the dam at kinzu down to franklin and the only thing we've changed the outflow of tynesta lake from um you're not going to be able to fish the very upper section of that. You're only going to be able to get up to the second bridge and no fishing above what's called outflow road, which is the, the second bridge up from the confluence with the Allegheny. So yeah. um, that's the only little change on the water. Um, I, we didn't like, or I didn't like the outflow. I see so many fish caught up there by bait anglers. Those fish just get pounded. And I think um, I just, I just didn't want that to be part of the water didn't want guys waiting in there and sitting there for two days fishing so we took it out of the out of the waters had anybody really taken advantage of that i mean i know like derek and i one day went for like two three hours and i don't know that you know had, had anybody really ever taken advantage of that no not not in the beast we've had some tournaments up there with um open gear and I know some guys that have gone down and fished it. And I don't know that it ever did any good for them, but I think the early years, um, in the first couple tournaments, I think there were some fish caught there, but nothing of later years. Right at the outflow, yeah, I yeah. don't, I don't know that for sure. And I think that first year when it was flooded, the, the I know a, the guy, the team that won it, they weren't too far below. It would have been in uh, water that's not open this year. Yeah, it was above that second bridge. And they sat in the same place for two days and, and caught. I think I think they caught three fish, three or four. That'll do it. Yeah, with the water conditions that you're going to understand, maybe using it then. But you know, I I, yeah. I, I like the uh, fishing in the river is always fun. I I did that for years and years and years. I've also fished the lake, and uh, both of those places are are wonderful places to fish. The beauty out there, uh, just everything. There's a ton of musky. 
a ton of musky and a ton of change and a ton of big musky. We got them a little bit on the ride home last year. The leaves changing, but that was not why we were there. Yeah, I agree. Now we do we do get when we get our permitting for the for the tournament, we do get um, the reservoir, the Allegheny Reservoir Kinzu Dam above it, uh, permitted in case we would ever run into that flooding situation again. Then we could move the you know some boats up into the lake if we needed to. So we do get permitting for it, but we've never never used it. I hope we we don't ever have to unless we get enough teams. We open it up and you know we have to get more water for all the boats. But I don't see that happening either. Nope. I was going to ask that question, man. With the cap, does that do you anticipate like impacting the funds coming in for donation, or, or do you see that expanding? We, as far as sponsors go, we've we've been very fortunate, and and we've had them reaching out to us um, in a lot of cases, wanting, you know, asking us if, if they can sponsor us. We got a new one this year, and you guys have picked these guys up too. I've heard. Portland, um, and I don't know what how they reached out to us. I think they did. They're actually going to have a team in it. Yeah, they so, they wanted to really be a part of it. That was a nice situation there. Uh, did you do you know? I think Richard's the guy's name that we're dealing with there. You have you do you know him, Mark? Yep. Yeah, he's been part of you know helping us with the podcast and everything there. And yeah, when he got with us, he um, I got with Dave and got everybody there. And you know they really wanted to get involved and be a part of it. I mean they've seen it the last few years and that was kind of one of the first things they got with us we're like hey what do we need to do to get it be a part of the beast i mean it's it definitely uh yeah like you said sponsor wise has been awesome and then really really good over the years yeah and he i talked to him uh, probably two days ago and for the first time and, I, and a lot of the sponsors go through dave hegberg through you know our um chapter and stuff for the for the sponsor so i think he talked to dave first then he reached out to me just to get in touch with me and let me know what they they were thinking and we're, if we we're on the same page. So yeah, they're going to be a great sponsor as well. Last year we had Orbis, you know, reach out um, and and donated a boy. They gave I think three rods last year. Nice. Same thing this year. They're they've reached out. They're going to have a, a team in it this year, a three person team. So I I can't think that our limiting um, the teams is going to hurt our sponsorship. Um, I hope it doesn't, but. If it does, I, I just don't think we're really capable of handling much more than what we have. Yeah, we I mean, did cap it at 32. I have five on the waiting list. You know, I'm still debating whether or not to, to open it up to those five if, if we if we can do that. And that, that'll be something that we make a decision on here soon. Um, the official quote-unquote quote cutoff for registration is the 15th of this month, so it's a Tuesday. If we don't get any more teams, there's a good chance that we might open it up for those five and, and see how that goes. But, you know, we run out of room on, at, the, at the bent run. Um, and although you got 70-some miles of river, you know, you guys on the river, most of those guys, a lot of those guys fish the same water. So it gets crowded in some areas. That's kind of why we've capped it. Um so, I mean, what do you guys think on that? I, I mean, you got opinions on capping it. Do you think that's a good idea and not a good idea? I don't see any, anything wrong with it. I mean, that's, that's a, obviously a good number of teams. I mean, it's not like you've, you, for year in and year out, had like 50 teams or anything. I mean, this is, we've, you know, every year kind of broke numbers with it. 
So, I mean, at this point, I think with the amount of room, one of the things that I, I see myself that worries me if we go bigger, if we do run into inclement weather with the situation we have outside Saturday, we're going to have a mess. So I if agree. We, if we get bigger than that, we're really going to have it. Just it comes into real estate, and you know how how do you make that work? We're right now where I think we've got a good fit, but if you push the envelope there, it could get yeah, it definitely could get hairy with it. Yeah, I I agree totally. I mean, I I think it's fine. I think it uh, adds to a little bit of uh, you know. Don't slack. Don't sit around. Make sure you're getting your stuff in. And, you know, if you want to be a part of it, it's it's something that you have to act on quickly and, you know, be about, I guess. I feel like they're at, that adds kind of a more of a... Yeah, with, yeah. The, with yeah. this year filling up in two weeks, next year might be four days. Exactly. You know, like, know. We all yeah. want to come back, so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's going to go quick. Everybody wants to participate, and that's the thing. I think it adds kind of like a, okay, well... I better get in, you know, better, better make sure I'm getting myself in. Cause I know I want to be in this tournament. I know I want to go have fun. I know I want to hang out and have that time. One, one of the reasons that, that we do it the way we do it is as well with the cutoff and doing it so early is we get those SIM shirts. And this year we're going back to the solar flex hoodies. Nice. Um, we need so much advanced notice to get those ordered. We've ordered them and we really can't wait. It's, even when he set that cutoff date to August 15th, we have to order those shirts prior to that. So we need to get a fairly accurate number because uh, you're going to have 50, 60 bucks. I mean, that's what we're paying for those shirts. It's roughly 50 bucks. Um, and you can't miss that by a lot. We, we are a nonprofit organization. You know, we don't have unlimited funds. So our main reason or my main reason was to get people to, sign up so we knew the shirt so we could get them so everybody's happy with the shirt so that had a lot to do with it as well and then let's be honest if we look back i mean five years even realistically three years who would have thought you ever capped this at 32 and it was filled in two weeks you know yeah we've been we've been running consistently at 22 23 teams yep last year we had 30 and then um uh, and I, 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 I solely believe this when I told you guys this earlier that I think you guys, the SVS podcast, is a main reason that we, we have sold out and sold out as quickly as we have. Um, hey, cheers yeah. to that. Cheers, hey, to, cheers, that. To, that. No, cheers that. to that, dude. And, yeah, awesome. we, we love it so much, and that's why we pump it so much because, again, it's always fun. The, the prizes, uh, the, the raffle prizes at the end are outrageous better than i've ever seen anywhere um <clears throat> there's just a ton of stuff there's sims everything there's orvis everything there's all i mean rods it's rods awesome. it's, there's just i got a sim or a yeti luggage bag i still use i love and mark got all kinds of different stuff he cleaned up one year i, I don't he must have spent couple a couple of years Spent a couple hundred bucks, but geez it's just so worth it all the uh, stowaway uh, net i mean it's just the bump boards and I'm waiting. I'll win something eventually, hopefully. <laughs> well, you're in trouble now, too, Jason, because I got like seven guys that are, are people. I won't say guys. They're your medium size now. So, yeah, there's always a one, the, the one extra large guy who puts all of his stuff in the medium stuff. I can just see who that is. Off. I know who exactly who that is. Yeah. Like, he has a son that was medium, but his son's now probably a junior in high school and is about six 
six two, so he's not he's not going to get in the mediums now. Jay, Jay's going to walk up with a hundred and a twenty and look at that guy and go, "Does your son still wear a medium?" <laughs> <laughs> Whether he spends but twenty do, or hundred, going to be bad. People have signed up as mediums this year, so oh, man. your buddy Nick's coming in. He's a he's, yeah, a he's medium. back. Nick's yeah. back. Okay, yeah. Nice, nice. Yep. It'll be nice to see and, Nick. Yeah, it's. Uh, he got registered. He was he was good. a little scared. He was one of the last teams in, so he's good, in. Good. good to see he's back. The Orvis team has a couple women on it. Fortunately, they're mediums as well. Nice. Competition, Jay. Uh, it, if you don't mind me asking a little sneak preview, because I think that color that you guys picked for the Sun shirts last year was the best color I've ever seen on a Sun shirt. That's a good-looking Sun shirt. Like it, ha- that's a nice blue color. I like that a lot. Like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, give them maybe a little preview to the people that are coming in. Can you tell us what color they're going to be? They're going to be a green called Heather's. Nice. I think it's just nice. Heather's. So it's not up. a light green. There's a C something green, um, but it's a little bit darker green. So yeah, I, I can get down and, with that. We kind of we really get limited on what we can pick for the number we need, even though we order. What we ordered? We just ordered them. What month is July or August? So we ordered them, what, two months in advance? But we're still limited on kind of what colors and sizes we can get. So, um, yeah, so that's a, it's if you look on the Sim site and look at the Heather color, that's the color the shirts are going to be. Awesome. Awesome. That okay. sounds great, so, man. As you guys saw the artwork, I posted that. I don't know if you yeah, saw that or not, it but it's kind great. of it's cool of artwork. Again, Matthew Stockton does a great job on on the artwork so really happy with the artwork again this year we got a poster coming for uh auction we have posters so we have a we and we'll have original, the original artwork that the we'll original yeah that's the, what i was that was uh, what i was auction. going for yeah i really like this year's design i might be in on that one and we do you know we get those little we've done posters for every you know every bag every team gets Every every person that enters gets a poster. So we got the posters coming again this year. Um, trying to think, and we'll do this the raffle the same as what we did last year. When you get your bag this year, you're going to have a ticket in it. Every team, if it's a two or three person team, will have a ticket in there with each individual's number on it. So when we do the raffles, you're just going to write your number on the raffle. So I don't have to stand up there and read 18 digits off to a hundred drunk people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that, that in the past had taken forever. So I think last year it sped it up and we did a pretty good job with that. Speaking Earl, of Earl, you'd mentioned the sponsors earlier, Sims. I think last year I did a, a count, a rough count on their uh, suggested retail price on the donations they gave. And it was around $6,000 wow. of material. So I, I think as a as a whole, I think last year we had roughly between twelve and fourteen thousand dollars in prizes. So that's insane. Those guys, those sponsors, step up big time and and just donate. So good time, great prizes, and if you can, you know, kind of limit Mark on what he wins and get some of the stuff he won, I guess last year. Um, you got out last year. Last year, it was the year before. One person will go in, and there's hundred people there. One person will win. 30% of the stuff and it happens almost every year. Mm-hmm. Year before I made out, yeah, I was I everything. Last year, yeah. nothing, not a thing. Yeah. And that real quick, you talked about uh the teams and do you want to cover off on Thursday night and the captains? Thursday night we'll have the captains meeting at Bent Run Brewing. They're hosting it again. Um 
you know, they do a great job for us. So we'll be there at 730 Thursday night. We do have to have everybody, one person from every team show up um, to pick up their, their team stuff. You'll get your photo card. Uh, you'll get your shirts. You'll get your number for your raffles. And that'll be a brief, just a brief meeting. You know, we kind of go over. I expect everybody to know the rules pretty much when they get there. There are probably five or six new teams, maybe six or seven new teams this year that haven't fished it in the past. Um, but for the most part, you know, the teams are, are going to be knowledgeable with the rules. So it'll be it'll be kind of that as much that as, as going over the rules and everything. Um, you know, it'll only be probably depends how much everybody drinks, probably a half hour. Um, I'm thinking about getting a keg of beer for Thursday night through through the bent run so everybody can enjoy the evening last year two years two years ago we were getting two kegs for the dinner last year i think we went through five so um <laughs> we're getting more drinkers too sorry <clears throat> and then we hit the bar so <laughs> is there any i mean other than like the water change is there any other role changes to touch on we do have just i don't know that anybody's ever used it but we don't want it in there the live scope imaging Um, we're not going to have any live scope imaging. None of that's permitted. So, you know, your standard sonar and so forth, but no live scope. Um, We still don't allow treble hooks. We get asked that every year. Um, You can use multiple single hooks, no treble hooks. Mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, the the rules are going to be pretty much the same. Cool. I like it. No, I think we all agree on the, no live scope for sure. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that anybody. I mean, guys on the lake might take advantage of it. I don't know how well you can use that on the rivers. Um, but you know, I I think everybody has seen videos where they guys are setting over top of muskies, just fishing one spot the whole time, you know, waiting for one to to eat. So um, once again, I don't. I don't think we have many guys that would use it, but I know we're not going to have anybody using it. So. Good to go. Yep. So, you know, going through, you know, last couple of years or even uh, just memorable fish, I mean, anything, you know, fish that out, stick out to you um, in the last few years that are, you know, to note of? The, the, one of the best ones I, I remember, and it's going to stick in my mind forever, is the guys from Connecticut coming down, uh, Matt Schultz and Eric Reed, um, and they hooked up, Matt hooked up the 48-incher on the, on the lake. <laughs> They, neither one of them had ever caught a muskie prior to this. Uh, we were across the lake, heard them yell, we go over <laughs> to, to just witness the whole thing. And as we're getting closer to them, we're, you know, we're staying away. They net it. The fish is in the net. And I don't know what they do. They would go to pick it up, take it out or what, but they dropped it. And it's out of the net. Oh. They haven't measured it. They haven't photographed it. They haven't done anything with it. Fish is out of the net. Luckily, it still had the hook in it. They get it back in the net, measure it. It was a 48-inch. It was an absolute uh, pig. That would have been a heartbreaker. Um, th- I mean, that's one of those things. And and 15 minutes later, Eric, who didn't catch the fish, is like, you want to see the flag? He caught it. I'm like, yeah. So he holds it up. And it's, it's shaking. His, he's shaking so bad. Um, 15 minutes after the fish was caught, it wasn't his fish. Uh, he's still shaking so bad that it was, you know, that's just – that's what musky fishing's all about, I guess. 
Um, that's great. But like I said, that was the first one Matt had ever caught, and it was just an absolute pig. He won the big fish of the of the tournament that year with that fish. So are they, pretty amazing. Are they coming back down from Connecticut again? They are coming back down, and they may have a third on their team, Matt's son, and I'm not sure how old he is. Um, if school permits, he's going to come down and fish it with his dad and Eric. So, oh, yes, they're, they're planning on coming down again. Nice. Hopefully he's not a medium. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. But he, he's going to – I mean, look, I can tell you what he is. I have him in the, on the roster. And those guys, you know, those guys are habitually late at signing up. So I made sure I emailed them when it started filling up. Yeah, his, his son's a medium. Uh, yeah, they won darn. my uh, another guy. They won me. my trip last year. I still got to get them out. So, yeah, but they they got signed up. They're number twenty one, team number twenty one. They're usually the last team to sign up. Hey, well, there's no slacking this year. It's... No, there wasn't. And then speaking of slacking, I still need to get. I got for you, Jason. I never got your third. I got PJ in there still, and I know he's not coming. So. No, no. It's uh, it's Justin Christofferson. It's my buddy. He's been in it. He was in it a couple years prior to that, uh, and I haven't sent him. I'll have to send him the email. Maybe I'll just, yeah, I'll, have to, I'll send him the email, and I'll have to get all of his information in there. Yeah, I just need to, I just need to change to get PJ off, but just, that's just a reminder to same, you. Same shirt size. doesn't even matter. <laughs> I made sure I got a, a large. I have him down as a large. Yep, I think that's perfect. Right. Yep, that'd be great perfect done so um you know anything else about the beast of the east before we uh move on to a couple of topics i want to hit with you tonight uh not not that i can think of right now we'll probably end up going back on it but no i think uh we got the captain's meeting the you know saturday night there'll be the party afterwards at the bent run brewing company i don't recall what time that starts off the top of my head but uh, I think it's maybe yes. seven, six yeah. or seven. So seven. come to the captain's meeting. I'll clarify that. So, but no, I think I think we've done a pretty good job on that for now. So there's uh, the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance also puts on a few other tournaments. Um, do you want to go through some of the other tournaments that you guys put on? I know, like Mark was talking to you. Uh, there's a few coming up, um, and there are a few that you do earlier in the year as well. Yeah, we have annually about four that are kind of you know local we start one in april usually april raz raz will tell you he's not real happy we moved it from uh april to memorial day weekend this past year um and we did that just so he wouldn't win him and his dad come down and win this pike tournament on yellow creek um i think they've won it the last two years possibly but uh yeah we moved it so they wouldn't win that's not that's not why we moved it, but um, yeah. So that one is in April, and that's a pike tournament. And we moved it because we usually get some kids that want to fish in April. We've had horrible weather, so we moved it to Memorial Day, and we didn't have any more kids show up. So we'll probably maybe go back to April with that one. Um, then we go from that one to a tournament in June that we hold on the same same waters as the Beast. Uh, open, open, and all of our tournaments are open to to non-members. It's you don't have to be a members of Muskie's Inc. or Nittany Valley Muskie Lines to come fish our tournaments. Um, one thing I think we're really good about is talking to people. If you've come, if you've never fished a tournament, um, we're pretty open. I mean, our, our group of um, anglers are going to give you as much information as they can. Uh, most of the guys are, are open books. Um, 
as far as, you know, where to fish and, and so forth. So if you're not familiar with the water, most of our guys in our club are really good about that. Um, so we had that one in June on the beast water. I don't remember what we caught this year. There was, I think my brother won the tournament. He caught two. Um, nothing, nothing big. I don't know what the, there was a, there was a nice one caught on the lake. There was a 47 or 48 caught on the lake this year during that tournament. Um, and then we, we, we've hosted the regional tournament for Muskie Zinc the last three years. Um, and it's been on Raystown. That one was open to Muskie Zinc members only, but we won't be hosting that next year. It was supposed to be a one year deal. They liked what we did, asked us if we could do it again. So we did it again and they're like, well, we don't have anybody to do it to next year. Can you guys do it again? So we've done it three years and now, um, they do have somebody to do it host it next year so we don't have to host it but that's a that's a pretty good time it's it's similar to the beast to get guys from all over the the east coast a lot of ohio new york um guys come in and fish that one so it's and Braystown's a big lake eight thousand acres and we've done pretty well on that in the tournaments um quite a few fish caught on there the big one this year i think was 48 and a half so a real nice fish um, and, and these tournaments, we don't pay out much money. I mean, we pay, I think, usually about 60% of what we take in. We pay out in prize money. Um, so it's it's not like a big fundraiser for us. We don't typically have any raffles or anything there. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But, um, you know, 40% of it goes to club, 60% we pay out. And then the tournaments we have coming up that we talked about a little bit earlier, we have one coming up September ninth on Kerwinsville Lake, which is one of our project waters for our club. Uh, we've been stocking that with purebreds. This will be our third year stocking it this year, and we've stocked it on the odd calendar years. So we stocked it in 21, we stocked it in 19, and the state stocks it with hybrids on the even year. So it's, it's one of our project waters. The purebreds, we're trying to get the state to change their hybrid stocking to um, to purebreds. Kerwinsville Lake's fed by the west branch of the Susquehanna River. So, you know, and you guys have had Jared's hairs on in the past, so you know there's very little reproduction in, in the Pennsylvania lakes. Um, Kerwinsville Lake's one of those that could possibly get some natural reproduction because of the the flow of water coming in and the, and the flow of go, water going out. Uh, that's, you know, that was our thoughts when we initially asked to stock this lake is, you know, they're going to get out of that reservoir out of the lake and they can reproduce downriver and so forth. So we've actually seen a really good um, turnout on those fish. We've, we've caught a lot of those muskies we've stocked in that lake, which is, you know, you feel like a proud papa, I think when you go in there and you catch a fish that, you know, you stock. So, um, we've seen a lot of those fish and they're up in that three foot range now. So, um, hopefully the state's going to go in here probably within the next two years and do a, a study on it to see how they're doing. And then they may convert over to a, a full purebred stocking in there. But, you know, that's, that's one of the things that our chapter does. And, and that's one reason we have some tournaments on Kerwinsville is, to kind of showcase it so so that tournament's september 9th and then we have the hog hunt we have the beast everybody knows about it then in the hog hunts the first sunday in november which is the time change sunday it's on glendale lake 
Um, it's kind of our big dollar tournament. I think entry fee in that one's a hundred per person. Most of our other tournaments, I think, are like forty dollars per person. Uh, Muskies Inc. member get five dollar discount, and or if you have the Muskie permit, we give you a discount too. The voluntary permit will give you a discount. Um, but that November tournament, we've traditionally got some big fish in it. I think uh, our club chapter members and it's actually open to all muskies inc members we have a 50 inch pot in our tournaments um and it's a carryover pot so if nobody catches the pot you know grows um that the only time we've had a winner was in the hog hunt we had a i don't know it was a little over 50 inches caught then two fish caught last year they were two over 47 there were some smaller ones too but two big fish over 47, 47 and a half, 47 and three quarters. And they're, there's fish in that lake are pigs. They eat well. So that's, that's the tournament schedule we have coming up with September 9th and November, the first November and Sunday on what that date is. So, and it's open to everybody, but you do have to be a Muskie's Inc. member. If you're going to get in our 50 inch pot, our 50 inch pot now is, is pushing a thousand dollars. So, um, you know, it might be, of your interest, best interest to sign up in Muskie's Inc. Come fish that hog hunt in November. And like, if you want to go fish these tournaments with a fly, you can, correct? Oh yeah, and and, <laughs> and we typically have a fly side pot too. We'll have, if you want to get in it, uh, five dollars, and the winner um, takes the entire pot. We usually have, we don't have a ton of guys that'll come fish and sign up for the fly pot, but we usually have seven, eight guys. Nice. Okay. Um, you know, get the fly pot, five bucks a person. You're going to win, you could win your entry fee into the tournament essentially. Um, and it's, it's done. I think typically we do that on the long, the largest, longest muskie caught on the fly. So, So, but that you're still part of the other tournament as well. So you could win both the side pot and the, and the tournament. Gotcha. Okay. So you brought some, and you don't have to get in that if you don't want to, but most of the fly guys get in there. You brought something else up. I want to go on a side tangent with you about and get your opinion. So, on the odd years, they're stalking tiger muskies. Now, I guess here's my thought process on this, and maybe you can help kind of explain things, because I'm trying to figure out at this point what the benefits are of tigers. Is there a way with where we're moving with muskies, Inc., and I know we've spoke on podcasts before, you know, where that money was spent with extra feeders and how the state's growing now and you know, we have potential now to possibly push to where we can sell these fish to other states. Can we maybe get to where we can trade for Great Lake strain and get rid of the tigers? Why are we why <laughs> that, are we why are we stalking tigers? You're gonna have to talk to the biologist about that. <laughs> I mean, I get I hybrid stripers, I mean, not hybrid muskies. The state's been good to work with. The biologists are a little bit tougher than Jared was great to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, the other biologists, they're tough. And until you get in, we're in pretty good with them now, I think. Um, but they don't, it, it's, they don't always, I don't think they believe what you're telling them. Well, you know, here's what we're going to do. And then I don't think they think we're going to do what we tell them we're going to do. So yeah. we have, our chapter has done, you know, everything we've said we were going to do, we've done. So you get a, you know, you get a good reputation and, and then the biologists talk. Um, and it opens doors as far as that goes. I don't, I can't see that happening Mark. tell you the truth, but I don't, I don't know that for sure. Now that's something we as a group can reach out and say, Hey, 
we talk to you guys about this and we could have a set down with them. Well, and I guess my, my thing with it is, is it's, they, they, obviously there's been, a, I mean, what Jared did, they put a lot of money and a lot of time into these fish. And they are, from what I understand, the most expensive fish the PA has that we stock. But yet we still have an extremely low size limit on them. And you consistently get, you know, answers like, well, you know, we don't see enough fish of that size during, you know, the studies. I still go back to we're not letting them get to that size. You know, if we can get or put a fish in there like that structure that grows big, that holds big, you know, not like a tiger that grows out quick. So if they're doing like a side fish like that, put it to something that's going to, you know, I think be a little more beneficial. We've built this musky fishery that's phenomenal now. I mean, they've done an absolute, can't say enough about what they've done with it. It's, it's fantastic. Now can we maybe fine-tune it a little more and make it even better with bigger fish and have people coming here rather than going to Wisconsin and Virginia and Canada, you know? Yeah, and I, and I, don't, I don't know what the, the answer. I mean, we certainly could reach out and talk to them about it. But, you know, it's, we're going to get – they're going to have different thoughts on it. Like oh, absolutely. The biologist absolutely. in the area that, that, that I'm in out here in central PA is a – He's a trout guy, um, and and he actually and I don't know how big his area is. He only has two waters or had two waters that were getting muskies. It was Kerwinsville Lake and um, I don't I don't remember what his other one was, but you know through communicating with him and doing some stockings, Kerwinsville Lake and and some other things, he actually reached out to us and and started stocking a local stream out here that's that now gets muskies and. You know, I think we had a lot to do with that. I don't know that he would tell you that, but I think I think we had a lot to do with that. Now it's a water now that's there's probably um, there's probably about ten miles of a stream there that's that's now getting muskies in it that never got muskies before. But that's awesome. Yeah, I think you know that we could reach out to them definitely. I and I don't know what they're going to say. Well, and that, um, that could be a situation that I mean, I know like it's. Stuff that's obviously brought up in the musky world, you know, when you look at, you know, their conservation programs and what have you. But on, like, something like you're saying right there, that's something that they may never have even been brought to their attention. It's even an idea or a possibility of something that could be done, you know. Maybe it has. Maybe it hasn't. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And 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 there, one thing I've realized dealing with both the Fish Commission and the Army Corps engineer. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard to get yeah, them. You, they don't answer your emails. Yeah, I, you had me at Army. And literally, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've sent messages out, emails, voicemails um, to, to both the Fish Commission and the, and the Army Corps, and, and I don't get responses. I'm still waiting for a response back from the Fish Commission that I sent out. Oh, boy, it's probably been a, a month, month and a half, and it's about our Kerwinsville stocking. So, you know, just verifying that we're still on schedule, do all that. I haven't got a response yet. And I know the Army Corps with you is a, a touchy subject, but they're, they're, they're horrible. Slippery and I've slope. Gone over, Slippery you know, slope. I've gone over, I, I give them a fair amount of time to get respond to me, and then I'll, you know, if I don't hear anything, don't hear anything, don't hear anything, and I'll, I'll call the PR people or whoever, and then it's amazing how quickly you get a response when you go over their head. Yep. Hey, Matt, That's you it. keep bringing up Kerwinsville. What... Are you guys actually finding natural reproduction? Have we done surveys? What's what's unique there? Um, there's there's uh, there's no re- reproduction yet. I don't think. Um, 
but the the west branch actually has below the dam i think and quite a quite a ways downstream from there i think there is probably some some uh, well i won't say i don't know if there's reproduction it's got a lot of muskies in it downstream from a lot of potential the kerwinsville lake and when i say a long ways downstream there's there's some streams that flow into that immediately downstream and then a few miles later that are that aren't real good clean water so there's a section in the middle there from kerwinsville lake you got a few miles of pretty good river some other streams will run in and then there's probably i don't know 20 miles of river that are marginal at best and I've never really been on it. I just know people that have. And my understanding is it's getting cleaner. I know some guys that just floated it the other day for smallies, and they caught a lot of smallmouth. Um, but I don't think they're seeing any any natural reproduction of muskies down there no. yet. But but up until we started stocking the purebreds in there, you know, five years ago, um, all it was in there were tiger muskies. How long will it take for one of them pure, stock purebreds to get to where it can reproduce? I would. I don't know what 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 age they start reproducing, but they've been five years, so they're they're three foot. I suspect that they're probably about there. I would think sexually mature now, but I don't know that. Hmm. None of us are by. Well, Derek would be the closest well. one to a biologist, <laughs> or that would know the answer to that because none of the three of us are. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know it either. You're right around. I would assume you're right around that age range, but. Anyhow, I was just curious. You keep bringing up Kerwinsville. I was, I was kind of excited. Maybe we might start seeing some natural reproduction. Be all we about hope it. that we hope that you we do see it in there because that lake's small. It's only, I don't know what, eight hundred acres. Right. And a lot of it is, a lot of it's, essentially the the, the river, and it's it's got a lot of siltation in it though. So I don't know. I've never been up in the headwaters of it. I've, if you take a prop boat up into there, it's kind of like the upper ends of Tynesta Lake up around Nebraska Bridge. It's, it's silted in. You got to be super careful. But once you get above that, and the same as Tynesta, you get above Nebraska Bridge, you know, you got free-flowing river and stuff. Um, there's a real good chance that they could reproduce in there. Yeah, that Tynesta upper reaches are absolutely beautiful. No mm-hmm. doubt about that. I would definitely say that that would be one place where they would have a chance. I mean, you're getting into, like, where any fish could probably naturally reproduce, you would figure, with it being like a freestone, more of a freestone creek than uh, anything else. And that's my understanding. That's what the upper west branch is like there. And I've, I've read articles on it about it being a, a pretty decent trout stream up there. And it, they, they say it's a lot like a big western freestoner. Um I don't know exactly what that means, but they said it's pretty unique for Pennsylvania. It's apparently pretty big, pretty big water, big boulders and stuff. Um, I don't know if it's if there's even trout reproduction up in there, but they, what I've heard and read on it, it's it's a, a pretty interesting fishery above the the Kerwinsville Lake. <clears throat> Might need to go check that out. That's and a. I, I, yeah, I've never done it. I know one of the one of our club members has has done a lot of fly fishing up in there, and 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 told me it's you know it's gorgeous up there. And I'm and I'm not sure how far above the lake you have to go if it's ten miles or twenty miles or or more. Uh, but um, anything north yeah. of there is God's country. So, um, so um, speaking of tournaments, uh, there's one tournament I wanted to ask you about uh, in particular. I don't even know if it's a tournament or what it is. Um, is the uh, 
the PMTT. Uh, can you uh, go into that a little bit and what that is? And, uh, you know, I always see you with the same partner out there. You're always yeah. fishing with that same guy. And I swear you guys are sponsored by Miller Lite. <laughs> and we look an awful lot alike, too. Um, you do. The PMT, yeah. I, I, think, I like to think I'm better looking. But, um, the PMTT is a professional musky tournament trail. And, and essentially they have, I think, three qualifying tournaments each year. And then they have a championship. One of their qualifiers every year is in, at Cave Run Lake in Kentucky. Uh, my brother and I have been going down for probably, boy, we're pushing 13 or 14 years now. Um, it's always usually the end of April. Good time. I mean, they get about 100 boats. And you, most of the guys coming in to fish that are coming in from Wisconsin, Illinois, uh, Minnesota. Um, and, we, you know, we go down and, and fish it. We go down with our little tiller steer prop boat. And, and these guys come in with – they got – fish finders worth more than our boat but um we've done all right in that tournament down there this year we were down we go down on a wednesday typically tournaments on starts on saturday we'll pre-fish wednesday evening all day thursday half a day friday and then hit the tournament this year we went down pre-fished and we were moving fish um i don't get too excited about you know pre-fishing and seeing fish and doing all that i got so excited i called my wife and said hey i think we got something figured out here i think we're gonna do well um the only the only bad thing was that the pattern we we discovered was not a pattern we like to fish but hey it was it was a pattern we were seeing fish we caught a couple fish pre-fishing we go out saturday morning and literally on the second cast of the tournament and and we're fishing for you know first place in this is fifteen twenty thousand dollars depending upon the team literally on the second cast of the day my brother hooks up he caught a 40 and a half (laughs) and you're like i mean we've seen so many fish. We caught one on the second cast. We're like, we got this thing, got this thing. So, uh, you know, we see two more, three more fish in the next two hours and never see another fish the rest of the tournament end up in 10th place. But it's, you know, we enjoy it. Those guys are they're Most of those guys that come down, they're super nice guys, real friendly. I mean, it's, it's pretty neat atmosphere. And I don't know if it's the Midwest, you know, where they're from that they're all those guys are like that, but it's, it's not cutthroat. They're, it's, it's a good time. And we've gone out and fished their other um, tournaments before. In that PMTT, you have the three qualifiers. You have to fish two of the qualifiers to qualify for the championship. And the championship, they take, I think, I think they take the 40 top teams now. And you fish, they, they fish, I think, three days. You have to catch a fish in the first two days to qualify for the champion, the last day of the tournament. Um but we we've done that before we've qualified for the championship we've gone out and fished the championship in uh wisconsin um but we've never done we've never done well the the only tournament we've ever done well in is that one in at cave run and i think we've finished top 10 four times now we finished second once third once i think eighth and tenth ninth and tenth something like that now is that all sorry go ahead no is that all casting gear um, or is that, or, or guys that are trolling out there and, uh, how, how, how I, I've only done the, really the, some of the only tournaments I've ever done were the beast. Um, so, it, you know, that's all kind of, you know, cut and dry. It's fly fishing. And, uh, but in that tournament, are you allowed to troll or is it all just guys casting gear? You are allowed to troll. You're only allowed, you're allowed one rod per person. 
unless you can actually fish by yourself. And if you're trolling and you're by yourself, you're allowed to troll two rods. But, um, you know, no more than two rods out per boat, one per angler if, if there's two in the boat. Um, and they, I mean, it's a pretty legit thing. I, I mean, you've got to take the photos kind of like we do in the Beast. you got to have it on a bump board. They make you, they give you dots to put on your bump board. So every morning you go out, you got different colors you got to have on the bump board. You've got to get the, the, the um, dots in the pictures. You have to call them when you catch it. You got to call them when you release it. When we first started fishing it, they had um, boats out on the water. You had to call the boat and they would come to you and they would photograph it and do all of that. And then, then you would release it. Um, but with the, you know, with the cameras and everything, so they, they can tell when you go in, you got to give them your phone so they can take, a, they'll look up your photo. They'll look at the time. They'll look at, you know, physically where it was taken at. So it, I don't know that anybody's ever cheated in. It's not like the walleye tournaments where you're, you know, <laughs> filling them with lead or anything. And I, I don't it. think there's people moving to different lakes or different waters. Um, I think the top team, the winning team and then one other team out of the top 10 will actually get a lie detector test at the end of the tournament. Right. But I, I would say probably 80% of the people are casting in those tournaments. You are, you can troll. Um, and traditionally I think the casters do better than the trollers, but um, that's just, that's, I think that's the way it just falls out. You didn't used to be able to troll in, I think, Wisconsin. You weren't allowed to troll up until probably, I don't know what that was, five years ago, six years ago. So you weren't allowed to troll unless you're row trolling. Um, but they've changed that. So I don't, I think that was probably one reason we don't see a lot of trollers is, you know, in, in Wisconsin, you weren't allowed to do it. So the guys just probably weren't that familiar with it. Yeah. Now, my brother and I don't troll. Yeah, I, I, I know you guys. Yeah, that's not your thing. You would rather catch a fish. I, I'm... And we're, I said we, we found a pattern we didn't like. We're, I mean, we were moving fish, setting in points, and we we're setting boats, setting in 50 feet of water, 52 feet of water, and, and we're having follows. And we're like, you know, that's I, I'd rather be in 10 feet of water with weeds casting or trees and casting. But, I mean, that's, that's where we were seeing fish pre-fishing, and it was just weird. But that shut down quick. Yeah, it's always, uh, you know, something different going and getting to you guys, getting to go around and you do fish a few different tournaments and with your brother. And uh, how do you, uh, it's always fun seeing new water, but how do you guys get along with your ideas, your ideals? Is it you back and forth all the time? Are you two at each other's throats? Is it just easy peasy? You guys are on the same page or how's that roll? It's it's funny. My brother and I, I mean, we, we do look a lot alike and we've been asked if we're twins in the past. Um we're not twins, two years difference, but it's amazing. And and I live a hundred miles from him and have lived a hundred miles away from him for, for 30 years. It's amazing how much we think alike. Um, we went fishing last weekend. We show up to go fishing. We have the same shirts on. Um, <laughs> I get up the next day, we shower buckaloons up there and warn and get up the next morning and, and go to put my shirt on. He's got the same fucking shirt on that I have that I brought to wear the next day. I'm thinking, yeah, we, we think an awful lot of like, and same thing when we're fishing. I mean, it's, we really don't even have to talk too much. I mean, it's, it's, it's uncanny how much we think alike. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, um, it's, it's definitely, uh, there. You know, um, 
we're I'm just gonna go on one little uh, side tangent. Just uh, what got you into the what got you into the muskie and all all this stuff. I mean, just you could be short with this, but you know, you and your brother are obviously doing this all together. And uh, was it you know your dad or how 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 did you guys find your way into that? <laughs> I've I've lived in Central Pennsylvania now for for 30 years, um, and all I ever did was I grew up in Western PA and around Clarion, and we fished the Allegheny a lot for mu- or for for bass. Um, I moved out. I moved to Central PA. I got a friend of mine who is uh, used to be the president of uh, Trout Unlimited in Erie, still still involved in it. I don't think he's president anymore. But he got me into fly fishing, and it was for trout. I come out here, and I was, lived here, and, and you, I heard, you know, you were out uh, Penn's Creek, I think, there. So I'm in that neck of the woods. The trout fishing out here is phenomenal. So I, I did that for, oh, for probably 12, 15 years almost. Um, and my cousin, my uncles were going to Canada every year to, to musky fish. And my, my one uncle that goes every year is not a fisherman. I mean, he's, he would, he, the only time he ever fished was he went to Canada for a week and he musky fished. And that's all, that's the only fishing he would do all year long. My other uncle was into trout fishing, but he would go along. And then my dad went, my dad's not a big angler. Um, I think he just went up for the company and, you know, he, he would take us fishing when we were kids, but he was, he was set on a bucket and cast out and let the rod set there. Um, so he wasn't into it. Well, the, the one year, and they'd asked me to go a couple of times. I'm like, I don't, I don't want a musky fish. I, I, you know, I don't want to do it. I, I don't have, I don't have time. I just don't want to do it. And then the, the one year they, they went up, they had five people going and they'd like to go with an even number. So you can have, you know, two people per boat. Uh, at that time I had gotten some vacation time, had more vacation time. I'm like, it's my two uncles, my dad and my cousin and somebody else. I, uh, one of my uncle's friends is an older gentleman. He's like 80 years old. But anyway, um, I'm like, I'll go, I'll go just to fill the boat. So I, I got a, a fly rod to go musky fishing with the fly rod. I thinking if I'm going to fish, I'm going to use that. So I bought a, a rod. I think it was a TFO. Maybe I don't, I don't remember what it was. Um, didn't know what I was doing. I bought some flies and I don't like using anybody else's flies, but I had no idea what I was doing. So we went up after three days with the fly rod, not knowing a thing about muskie, not knowing where they're going to be at, not knowing anything about them. And, and my uncles, like I said, they're not, they weren't big fishermen. So they, they would catch the muskies here and there, but not, not a lot. So they, they weren't that knowledgeable either. My dad, you know, he's just out for a boat ride. So he didn't, he didn't know. Um, about day number four, I grabbed a, a casting rod and, and caught my first muskie to come out of the water, probably four feet. It was like three foot long. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is cool. So I, I put down the fly rod for muskies. I come home, I bought a boat. I bought all kinds of gear <laughs> and I started muskie fishing, but not with the fly rod. And, and that was probably 15 years ago, 16 years ago. Um, and been hooked ever since and then kind of went back to the fly rod once the beast started um but i mean i don't know if that was short enough for you but that was perfect absolutely what i was looking for man that's an awesome story that's great the short of it yeah the long and short of it all in one so but that's that's how we got into it and uh my brother same way he had never he had never musky fished i come back i said gordo you're gonna love this next year you gotta go with us so i started one year earlier than him the next year he went up with us and and same thing he had never musky fished and and um yeah he got hooked on it now too now he's making his own lures 
he's making his own, um, you know, wooden lures and he's catching fish on them. He's catching, he caught a 51 this year on, on the lure he nice. had made. So holy nice. Yeah. Big fish. And he caught, he won yeah. that, or he took second in that hog hunt last year on the same lure that he made. And, uh, I saw another one. He didn't get it bumped because he was testing his new lure. Wood lures are, are hard it's too. It's a diver's rise I mean, lure is what it is. Is it a, is that balsa wood? He's using a lot of, I think, maple and cedar. It's, huh. Yeah, you have to dial that in. That That's not an easy thing to do with the wood. No, it's not. He's adding lead to it. And, you know, yeah. he's, he's doing all kinds of things all sorts to it. All dialing on that. Um, but he's catching a lot of fish on him. <clears throat> well, so. I saw that you guys got out not too long ago, uh, just this month, and uh, you did some camping and musky fishing. Um, do you want to go into that for just a second? And then... Uh, well, uh, I'm just going to congratulate you on your new house, and we'll get you out of here. All right. Yeah, we went We went up, you know, playing in the, the beast waters. We went up and stayed at Buckaloons and fished up in Warren a little bit, camped at Buckaloons, um, fished a little bit in Tynesta. I think, you know, the water temps were pretty good everywhere. So um, we did that. We caught, uh, I think I caught two muskies. And we, I went up Friday. I get... I worked at the same place for 20 couple of years. Now I get five weeks vacation and they give me my birthday off. So I, I took Friday off as my birthday and we went up and stayed up there and, um, had a nice weekend. You know, we, we camped out and, and fished and drank some Miller light. Um, I caught a couple fish. We didn't, we didn't see a ton of fish. Um, but it was, I caught, we got there on Friday after Friday morning around eight 30. We got there, started fishing at, 9 30 i caught a muskie at 10 and i'm like dude i don't i'm done i don't care if i catch another fish all week and that that made my trip so we'll do whatever you want to do let's you want to drink beer we'll drink beer but um yeah i mean we went up and, and he put me on some water that i've never fished up in the warren area and stuff um up around the refinery i've never really fished that i'm not that familiar with that water so if, you know people started asking me questions come in for the beast i'll have a little bit more information that, than I've had in the past about, you know, what the water's like and so forth. But we're um, not supposed to say those words on the uh, podcast there, buddy. That's, what's that? That's that's secret spot there. You're not supposed to say that. Oh, it stinks. <laughs> what's, there. what's there? Yeah. You're not supposed to say that. What's there? I, I like that spot too. That's beautiful up there. All, there's a ton of good water on the, so. on that river. Um, I've fished the lake the last That's couple my years. I give up all my secret spots. Yeah, not just don't say them on the podcast. It's okay. We can talk about yeah, them later. I I'll take all your secret <laughs> spots, but uh, don't tell everybody else. But no, it, it it is. It's all beautiful water up there, and it's it's nice to get to see it. Um, I've I fished through all that uh, quite a few years in the in the beast, and I I like fishing the lake now. We you know, but uh, I, man, there's some big big fish in that river huh yeah they are yes there are um well i think you mentioned it last week or the week before that yeah the biggest biggest in the beast has come out of the river so and that was a little over 50 yeah eric mccullen sure. yep yep yeah and they those guys uh they separated team for a little while and then right back to the two of those guys fishing together and you know it's like one of those things with you and your brother you those two that it's just you find a team that fits and and you know I, I stick I'm pretty much sticking with my team you know uh, minus you know PJ that's be at a wedding silly guy but you, know, you find a team that fits like uh, with Mark and uh, Chris and um, our buddy Rick uh, you know you just find those guys that all fit and I, I don't know how uh, you uh, they, well two of the guys on the 
at the table or on the a team together, Derek and Jim over here, and they brought in Pat Lombardo to be on their team. So oh, that's going to be a, such a fun. <laughs> we're going to see how the team Looking fits. Forward to it. Have, they, have they all fished together before? No. <laughs> Jim and I have a bunch done. Well, Jim's yeah. new to the musky world, isn't he? Pretty I'm much. N- pretty I'm new, new to the musky world, man. Uh, last year was my first beast, and this is going to be my second go around up there, and it's a really, really fun time. I won't miss it ever again. Oh, I just hope the hype uh, doesn't exceed the the reality of it. So. It's musky fishing, man. It is. It is. It's fun. And I, you know, like Tim Polarchek's on our team, and I think first time I ever met him, I think Mark was on his team, and. We sat at the table with him, and he's been Tim's been on our team for the last I don't know three or four years now, and we didn't know him, you know, prior to the beast. He just sat around talking. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of the way things happen. I think you know, you bullshit with guys, and you know, have same interests, and you just end up fishing together and become lifelong friends. So it's yeah, it's I hope that happens with everybody. It's uh, it's what we're trying. I mean, that's that's kind of what we've tried to formulate this beast to be as a as is a social event more so than a, a fishing tournament i think you're succeeding yeah you nailed it and i i feel like uh even with uh like i feel like this podcast building a community of like-minded people that all are friends that all like each other that don't get to see each other all the time and it's fun when everybody gets to get together you know, because you guys are so like-minded, you're all working at the same thing, fishing for muskie or whatever you be, and grinding for whatever fish you fish for, uh, but coming together for that. And I like that about it. You know, you get like-minded people together, good community of people. I think that's great that you guys have been building this for years. And that's, well, you know, every every year we ask people to, you know, give us insight. If you've got ideas that we can make this better, um, we know we're not perfect. Give Give us as much feedback as you can if it's, you know, if, if we can make it better, we want to make it better. Uh, and we keep tweaking a little. I mean, I think there's some things we can do. And a big one is if we could get a place that we could get everybody and kind of camp if you wanted to and do stuff like that. And we've, we've looked for places like that and it just um, haven't had any luck. But, um, you know, we're always looking at making it better. And whatever we can do to do that, you know, give us give us your two cents and and we'll you know, if we can apply it, we will, and we'll hopefully make it bigger and better for the for the coming years. Awesome, well said. Um, on and uh, I want to congratulate you on your new house. Uh, seems like you guys are in there. You've ruined the screens. I've seen through yeah. pay, for through uh, social media. I've seen that you're worried about your dogs, and you're the one walking through the screens instead. <laughs> uh, but uh, honest, yeah. on a, a real note, um, who designed the house? Because the house has a really cool design to it. Siding looks just phenomenal all like the whole just the whole layout is just something different it's it, my wife and i when we first decided we were going to build kind of you know we're going through the internet looking for houses and i would find one i would show it to her and she's like no and she would find one like no and we both kind of came up on this it was essentially a cabin um that we liked except she didn't realize how small it was i'm like this is 900 square feet I said, well, here's how big your bedroom. Well, that's not big enough. Here's how big your kitchen. That's not big enough. So we took this little 900 square foot cabin and made it a 1800 square foot house, essentially, um, pretty much designing it ourselves. I kind of do, you know, I, if you see my emails and stuff, everything's, I worked for a lumber company. So, um, so I took, you know, my limited knowledge, um, 
with that and, and put in it the things that I like as far as the siding and uh, hardwoods and kitchens and stuff like that. And um, Yeah, kind of made it our own. Um, you did note when we talked earlier about the boat barn. So mm-hmm. we had we, we, we had to sell a house. So we sold it when the market was hot. So we had a little bit extra money left over from that. And we, I couldn't put my boats in my attached garage. So we had to build a boat barn. And I put a 30 by 32 boat barn right side the house. So um, works well. Perfect. Best thing you ever did. That's an awesome <laughs> idea. I mean, I I have a two-car garage in my house and have two boats or a raft and a boat in there and no cars in it. No, cars are meant for the outside, not not the boats. Yeah, that's my <laughs> thoughts exactly. Not necessarily my wife's, but mine. Right. So, And we got a pond. You know, we have a little not, – it's not a tiny little pond. I got a nice little pond on it. Um, and literally from my, I'm standing out on my deck now from my deck to my pond is probably about 40 yards. So nice, you know, and we're, we're in the middle of 24 acres. I, you don't see another person from where I'm at. Awesome. You don't hear anything. I'm on the back of a dead end road. So yeah, it's, it's pretty, uh, pretty ideal in in my world. I got to drive 25 miles to work and my wife goes almost 50, but at the end of the day you know it's worth it yeah that's that's definitely worth it uh so you just said something i have to ask one more question are you going to stock the pond with uh, Um, largemouth bass at least or uh, are we we talking musky here musky and and uh because we'll stock kerwinsville and i can buy i can buy a musky and put in there so i will probably get a musky in it um i do have i think nine crappy in it right now and one largemouth bass So and and bunches of minnows. I put some fathead minnows in it before I put any other fish in it, and they repro- reproduce like rabbits. I think I've got so many minnows in there now that it's um, it's unbelievable. Well, next thing you know, you're going to be putting musky and hybrids in there to keep back the fathead minnows. <laughs> that largemouth is going to be huge before yeah. long. <laughs> it could be. I mean, it's, and those crappies should be too. Oh yeah, eaters before you know it. Um, yes. Hey, man, on that note, uh, we've had you on for at least an hour here. Um, anything you want to say before we get you off here? Uh, just a little. I just, uh, you know, we, we talked about the Nittany Valley Muskie Alliance uh, and, you know, what we're doing as far as stocking Kerwinsville Lake. We stocked Yellow Creek Lake um, last year and then not in two years prior to that, another lake. And that's that's one Raz Fish is for, I, I think he's originally from out in that Indiana, PA area. So we've stocked that one. We haven't seen the results we wanted to see out of that lake. We haven't seen many muskies caught out of there. So I don't, it's got a lot of pike in it. So I'm just concerned that the muskies we're stocking were doing well in there. I'm not real sure about that. Um, another thing our, our chapter has done um, this year, we donated a thousand dollars to the Phil Fergosiola fly fishing club. So, um, you know, if, if any organization like that fly fishing club or anything like that is needing some funding, you know, reach out to us. That's, that's things we do. Um, if you have, you know, young kids that are looking, if you, if you do anything with uh, young kids and you want to do some kind of event, um, you know, our chapter is willing to help and fund some of that. So that that's things that we do in our chapter. We are a 501 C three nonprofit organization. So, um, you know, we don't, all of our money goes back into the, uh, the, the fisheries and, and stuff like this. So we've donated to uh, Casper Kids Foundation in the past. But just, you know, that's I just wanted to reach out and let you know 
kind of what we do other than these tournaments. Um, we do do other things. And if, if any, you know, and, and it doesn't really, I mean, we're centrally located in Pennsylvania, but that tournament we hold in the beast is up in the, in Western PA. So we're not stuck here. So if, if anybody needs some assistance on, on funding, on anything for youth, veterans, anything like that, reach out to us. Um, we've got funding. We've done well. The beast does well for us. Um, I think last year we made about eight or $9,000. So, and, and that's what we'll have in the, the cost of these muskies we're stocking in Kerwin's this year. It'll be about $9,500. So, but we, we do get funding. We do get grants and we can assist with, with a lot of other nonprofit organizations, stuff like that. So if anybody needs anything, reach out to us. Hey Matt, with that said, uh, I'm highly involved with the scouts. If you ever need some volunteers, I got a bunch of teenage boys that can, we can put to work. So just give me a holler. Okay. Well, and we, we, committed something to the army corps in tynesta they just haven't done a very good job of telling us what we've committed to <laughs> so i don't know what we're, we're doing there yet but like fishing derby stuff like that we can do that if you, if you have waters that you want to take your boy scout kids fishing and have some kind of derby that's something we can do and we can get grant money through our national organization as well so yeah i mean you can use us just like we can use you guys so outstanding maybe know. a scout uh musky tournament on wilhelm there we go a, a youth musky tournament? Yeah. Uh, I, hey. You get together. Like, we need to get boats and what to get waivers and all that good stuff. I just, I don't know how easily that'll be done with, you know, kids, parents letting their kids go out with a bunch of strangers. That's musky a valid fishing, point, but, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, but yeah, let us know. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Matt. It was great having you on. Um, we always enjoy having you on, and you guys put great tournaments together and do great things for the Muskie community. Uh, we appreciate your time tonight. Yes, Matt. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. me. Um, if I don't see you, I'll see you on Thursday night, or at least a couple of you guys, Thursday, October 5th at Bent Run Brewing in Warren. Absolutely. I'll be for there. sure. I'll yeah. be there. I think I'm going to head up there, too, so ride with me. Yep. We'll be there. Well, th- thanks, guys. Yep. Thanks, Thank Matt. Thank you. Yep. Hey, uh, so always great having Matt on. I love beast type, love beast talk. It seems like most of the people that listen uh, and have reached out on Facebook and through other social medias say they like the beast talk and everything else. Um, we'll do a little bit more beast. We're going to do some beast food hype mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the podcast here. So uh, I, I got just my yesterday was pretty cool. I got to go see my buddy Aaron Chine. Uh, over at Aaron, uh, over at the box, um, got to finish my tattoo. Uh, was man when he finished even this just the top little section that needed the yellow. That was still what a satisfying feeling I got inside my body. You know to look at something that's been a you know a, a, a you know year and a half or so work in progress uh, to finally get to see like the one part look like it's just totally done. That's the, the top part that I get to see every day. You know, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, there's just so much. There's just that little bit of yellow to go, a little bit of yellow to go. You know, and it's no pain yellow because it, it sucks when he's putting the yellow in there or the white because you got to grind it into your skin and it oh, it hurts. I'm a, I'm a big baby. And he started right here, right in the crease of my elbow uh, with this yellow. And I'm like, oh, you're just going to get right to the 
Right to the <laughs> you're just gonna start right in the hot spot, huh? Thanks, man. Oh, that's gonna be great. Get it over Let's with. Let's open <laughs> this up quick, you know. And he's like, Yeah, we might as well just get it over with quick, you know. And uh he had uh put on Facebook a few weeks ago that he needed some help with some drywall work because he had a little bit of water leak. So I was like, Hey, I do that for a living. I'm your guy. I'll be over. I'll come over before I get my tattoo. We'll hang out. Uh we can work together and we'll fix your problem. So I went over to like Bob Vila, you know, my, you know, told the tin, tin the tool man, Taylor, oh, 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 you know, jumped up on, I brought this ladder and it, it's on this weird spot that's above like, uh, uh, like a hallway, uh, stair, stairwell. And I brought this like giant, little giant ladder you can just fold out. And when it was all folded up, it looked really small. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting up there. I start folding this little bastard out, man. And geez, and I don't usually use these. I have extension ladders at work I use mainly. And uh, But, man, I folded this little thing out. It was huge. Gosh, I was all the way up there, and it worked out perfect. Um, you know, and then, like I said, we went downstairs. He stabbed me for a while with the needle, and it, it was great to, like I see, get, like I said, to get this all done. He wants to keep moving on. We talked about it a little earlier, like to my hands and stuff. And I don't know about getting my hands tattooed. I'm not – I don't know if I'm in for that whole uh, – uh, I don't know. I, I I I thought I was biting off a lot by just going to my wrist. It's pretty bad. You know, um, it's pretty awesome. I love it. I love it. It's a cool piece of artwork. I love the color contrast of the greens into the yellows and oranges. Um, I really that's something I really like and I dig and I get to look at and I like and uh, again I it was funny walking out of there. Older couple. I talked about it last week on the podcast or a couple weeks ago. Walking out, older couple. Uh, Stop us. Oh, did you just get a tattoo? You know, because we were um, going out there. The Greek Fest was there. So we were going out around the backs building and just walking out front and hanging out. And uh, after I was done and for just a second and, you know, again, stopping us. Look at And she's like, he was like well, it would be easier if you just look at the pictures. So he showed pictures on the phone and then she could see all the color. And, and there, it's, just, it's funny, like we were talking about earlier, the stigma of tattoos is not, you know, what it used to be and, you know, you know, guys like me have a sl- half a sleeve now. Uh, they're either baristas or uh, they're they're giving you a new <laughs> kitchen or uh, you know making you coffee. I mean, ev- I think it's pretty uh, pretty normal and co- uh, just common to have uh, good artwork. And Aaron has a cool atmosphere at his place. It's not what you think of when you're walking into a tattoo shop. It's not a dirty tat like it's just not not that you s- it, it used to always be dark and. You know, it, it's not like that. Yeah, this place is cool. It, it's really nice, right on the main street. So, I always enjoy going over there, and I'll probably be over there next weekend as well. You know, finishing up some work and hanging out there. And so, I talked to him, and he's getting a Smithfly as well. So, uh, he's going to be guiding on that this year for Steelhead. So, I talked to him about getting my dad out with him on a day. He's going to set aside for my dad, uh, and maybe myself, uh, depending on the day. So that'd, that'd be, awesome. be really cool to get out there. I like, I like being on the, you know, on the creek and the, on the boat was pretty fun. I did it myself last year. It was it was fun. So I'll look forward to that. He's really good at you know he's he's a great steelhead guide. So that's his thing. He's in tune to what's happening, and uh, I'm looking forward to that and getting my dad out there because my dad loves steelheading. I don't like it so much anymore, and I don't usually fish the eerie uh, steelhead trips like Zoom. I used to as a kid. Yeah. Uh, it's just not my thing anymore. I, and I, I saw a funny post and I 
haven't got to say this yet uh, on the podcast, but uh, you know, I when I look for a fishing spot, I'm, I think I maybe I did say this. You know, you look for, you don't look for a spot where a lot of fish are anymore. You look for serenity, where there's a chance of good fishing. You look for, and I think I did say this on the yeah. last podcast, and that's something that I, I I saw in a post, and I was like, man, that 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 sums up how I feel about fishing. I'd rather go to somewhere there's no fish or no no people, and a chance of, of fish, instead of going to a place where there's a ton of people with a chance of more fish. But uh. Yeah, it was fun getting to see him getting out there. So that's that's what I'm looking forward to there. But uh, I had a couple other things. Uh, Chad's reunion was yesterday. It got man, was it a lot of rain around here yesterday? Boy, we had a rainstorm. It was a monsoon, and it monsooned over the whole reunion for quite a while. And uh, you know, still had a good time. And you know, little rain can't stop a good party. Nice. Uh, good time yesterday. Um, hanging out with those people and hanging out with uh, Chad and his family. Um, so that was fun. My my girl, my daughter was at an awesome Girl Scout camp. She was staying in a tent, like a yurt, uh, during all these storms and everything. And uh, the the yurts have power, uh, but their power went out and all theirs and everything. And uh, from the stories, the girls were pretty scared. But it, 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 uh, you know they have an experience. You know, and it's the one where they do the archery, they do horseback riding, all kinds of different stuff. So, it, she came back with lots of good stories, and uh, seemed like it was a fun time. And uh, her Girl Scout leader has to be a lot like you, Derek, where they do a lot of stuff. Like I have never seen a Girl Scout troop do so much stuff and be so in and in, in involved in the community. And uh, she's a wonderful troop leader. And uh, it's it's really awesome that they get she gets to go do all these different things, even not around me, you know. And, and at least she has some experience with it, so that's cool. I was in a similar situation, by the way, with that monsoon laying in a tent as it pounding down, lightning and thunder at the about the exact same time. I was like, well, maybe we should be getting inside somewhere. That was that was, that was a good sized storm. Yeah, and they stayed in the earth the whole time with all the lightning nice. and thunder and everything. She st- toughed it out. They, good for all her. them girls. Did good for her. Yeah, and they're. It did. Who I, <laughs> I had a bunch of teenage oh, wow. boys running for a house. So, <laughs> but those those are different types of tents. Those are pretty cool tents. You know, they're it's like a canvas tent. You know, it's pretty heavy duty. It looks almost like a teepee, is what they're saying. And they have bunks in there and everything. It was, man, uh, it seemed like a pretty cool experience. Something I never got to do as a kid. So something pretty cool. And like she's always at the archery there, and she likes that. That's awesome. I do have a bow for where we don't shoot as much here. She probably shoots there. We should. But, uh, yeah, th- and then I had to get you guys' opinion on this. So we, I had a meeting today about Disney. You know, mm. we're going to Disney World. And I've talked to everybody about this on the podcast. But uh, there is a guided fishing trip that's in Disney World, like in the park, you get on a nitro fishing bass fishing boat. It's called the Guided Disney Bass Excursion. And you get on this nitro boat, and there's actually, and, and upon request, you can fly fish. Are you serious? I missed that. I'm freaking serious, dude. And it's, it's three guys, three fishermen, anglers, on a nitro, big-ass nitro boat. And it's only four hours is 450 yeah, that's, I was like, that, that's pretty cool. That's, that's affordable. That's not that bad. That's like 175 bucks a person. It's a You're fish for bass? 
<laughs> I saw that Dude, coming. You I so see, saw that coming. Hold on. You should see the size of these, like, basically farm pond yeah. bass. They're like... Florida strain. Exactly. Yeah. Florida strain. They're like well, 17 pounds. I don't, I don't care. I want to throw a big-ass... Pellet fly. I, Pellet fly. I, I, I want to throw a big-ass fly out there <laughs> to this... To this uh, Unexpecting bass who probably never sees a fly rod because people aren't. No, he only <laughs> sees three anglers every day, four <laughs> ships a day. Maybe <laughs> for the last 365 <laughs> days a year, even on Christmas. I can see fishing for big bass in a pond. Cool. You're going to Florida. Yeah. But to pay you to do it on a glitter <laughs> boat? Not Just more. walk off the dock. Oh, I, I, I thought about this too. And I'm going to pack it. I'm coming. packing a fly rod. How uh, I'm not packing a flatware with myself. My um my in laws are driving down, so I'm pa- I I asked them today. I'm like, hey, I'm like packing a whole suitcase and just stick it in the back of your vehicle because you're bringing a bunch of stuff down for me. So what are you taking? Eight weight, six weight, um, probably ten cartridges, um, uh, <laughs> and definitely <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Definitely an eight weight, yeah. uh, seven or an eight weight. Yeah, probably seven weight. I don't know. We'll see. So, so what are you going to do? You're just going to like walk through the front gate and be like, what's up? I'm here for the fishing <laughs> excursion as you got a fly rod going through, you know, the checkpoint of Disney World. Well, I guess. I don't know. What My second they, question they, is. They, uh, they, they have everything for you if you go on the excursion. So, so what's going to happen whenever it's like. But I'm going to take one for myself just because you never know if like there's canals around there that I might be able to. Get lucky and hit a peacock bass. You're just going to well, disappear gonna for four hours on your family vacation? I already talked to uh, these people uh, about this. Okay. We were at a sure. meeting today, Where? and I said, yeah. hey, Where's you know, there's a f- there's like an actual, like, he you negotiated. Can, you could go Jim. bass fish. I, I thought about Where's there's, daddy at? He, I don't know. He's on a nitro somewhere. <laughs> he's on a nitro somewhere. Uh, we're going to be there for five Days, bro. Okay, all right. That's five. Right, that's fair. Days. You get four hours. There's to yourself. literally. There's it cost you five hundred bucks, but well, hey, whatever. It's four hours. That might be cheaper than dinner. Dude, I've, I've oh, been there. Oh, that might be cheaper. Dude, than dinner. I mean, even just <laughs> you're looking at the amounts of the, the trip in general. Oh, I don't even. I don't even like. Been. Yeah, I don't even like thinking about it anymore. <laughs> it's, it's making my no. Okay, we're gonna go move on to the next thing. Before I have a. F- <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> before I f- seize out right here and have I've a heart it. attack in my seat. Um, Jay's watching another Smith fly go floating <laughs> down the floor. Yeah, no, <laughs> uh-huh. Oh yeah, the dude, I'm talking a really the dude. It's it's right. not it's not no, it's for real. There's and this is just the money up front. I was like, you know what we're doing? You got not tip to em. not to keep keep on this, but we're getting the like the genie passes for every day. I don't care. I'm not standing in 45 minute or three hour lines, th- you, four hour lines. Still be in lines. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> but I'll take a 40 minute line or a 30 minute line to a three hour. I've rode three rides today, and my day went by, and all I did was sweat in the, and at least in it's in October, which the bass should be hitting then, right? Or is it still summer <laughs> down there? Nothing. I don't know. <laughs> Nothing about this sounds appealing. <laughs> Soon as you said oh, October, I, I just seen Mark's face go. <laughs> 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 are there musky in Are there musky in Florida? No. Well, the peacock sounds like fun though. Yeah, yeah. I'm into that. Find a canal and do that. Nah, yeah. that's kind of that's cool. I'm taking, like I said, I'm gonna pack a pack a rod and a little bit of stuff in the back of the my brother-in-law's parents' vehicle. They're driving down because they can take their time and they're gonna stop other places. We're all we're all gonna be on a plane together. 
Oh, and I should have got a different plane from my brother and sister. <laughs> See, here's what you do. They have three kids and a one-year-old that's going to be on a plane with us, and we're going to be the only other grown-ups with a 10-year-old who we don't have to pay attention to her. Somebody watching these other kids. It's going to be great. Good luck. Oh. Yeah, so you go, hey, I'm skipping the four hours, and I'm not spending 450 so that's like another $100 an hour. Give me your vehicle for eight hours. <laughs> Take off and go do your research beforehand, know right where you're going to go, and bam. Yeah, i got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Figure where you're going to be, look all around, find a couple places to go hit, take your vehicle. And oh, if I, even if I have to walk, I don't mind. Um, all right, well, we'll move on from that. Um, let's do some beast-type food real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, you were talking about doing, like, breakfast stuff since you're going to be up at 4.30, and don't, again, this year, <laughs> stop your alarm alarms. and wake up. And don't wake Mark and I up. Listen, I'm going to put... Seriously. I'm telling you what, literally Listen, I'm, anymore, I'm though, I don't set an alarm and I'm up at 5.30 every yeah, day. Yeah, so I'm going to set one go. alarm. Well, this was 4.30. I'm yeah, that's a little... But I'm going to set one alarm. I'm going to be up at 5, and that's it. I'm this just going to get this up. This dickhead. Uh, yeah, well, just, well, just none kill of it the first time. Well, no, well, I'm not going to set more than one. I'm just going to set one Well, none of us are going to be late. Well, none of us are going to be late. We're standing up. It wouldn't be bad if you, like, kill the alarm. Not snooze it four times. <laughs> make some coffee and shut up. I'm gonna make a lot of I'm breakfast. Sure I was I'm gonna, gonna, we're gonna get on the breakfast gig this yeah, year. I'm doing breakfast with we, them too. I, dude, last year we I had so breakfast. much. We had so much for shore lunch. We had so much for food and camp. I mean, I felt like breakfast was really the only thing that, like, I feel like we could step that up a little we bit. We just did sausage gravy in a Dutch oven. At scout camp, mm. and it came out delicious. You in this that Dutch oven, one. man? I'm telling. I love Dutch oven. Well, when you get to clean that thing after, because I sure don't want to clean a Dutch oven and then go <laughs> fishing right. right after. That's it. all right. <laughs> My wife says the same thing. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Yep, there it is. So but yeah, did you put you that in your pants? What you splatter the sheets? <laughs> like, did, you, did you put that in your pants? Like that couldn't have been. That, that, nope. There's no way that wasn't solid. But I was thinking, you know, do some, you know, the bacon, eggs, sausage, like do the potatoes, you know, like do the whole whole nine yards. Because I mean, breakfast is, it's one of those easy things. It doesn't take that long. You can knock it out pretty quick. And hey, if you want to take over breakfast, man, do it up, man. Just don't well, wake me up until the breakfast is done. Two hours That's fine. in, we're gonna have the shits on the shore. These waiters ain't gonna shit themselves. <laughs> hey, that's this is true, as I've been told. Well, yeah. Or your pants won't Monday morning. <laughs> I, my goal, my goal for this year is. I had so much meat and cheese as a beast last <laughs> year. I don't, I don't remember week. going to the bathroom at all. Like the whole week. That's what I mean. That's 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 why what happened to me happened. There was three days of meat and cheese that stuffed me up until Monday morning at work after a bunch of good coffees and some ready to work. Yeah, the beast version of a McBrick. I sure did. <laughs> when you eat too much McDonald's and then that shit compiles for a couple of days. Yeah, not good. Not good. So we're going to do some breakfast. Uh, and everybody has been saying that uh, the teams that are coming to stay and hang out uh, that have campers and can do their thing, uh, you know, Bringing food, just like last year. And if it's the same guys from last year and the camaraderie is the same from last year, we can't ask for a better time where we stay. And it's uh, it is, it's always a good time. I love the – we have a close-knit bunch of friends that all kind of just, you know, there's a good feel there. So Amen. I like it. I like it. I like it. 
Are we doing a pub crawl again? Maybe. I, I, vote, <laughs> I, 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 vote, I vote for it as long as you're still going to be commander-in-chief. Uh, then we're, we're doing going, it. We're not going back to Tippy Canoe, as we found out pretty the hard way. <laughs> yeah, there was somebody's house. <laughs> you were knocking yeah. on their door. I was like, uh, where's the bar? <laughs> it's been gone for years. I thought oh, we were getting yeah, shot, for sure. Yeah, it was a good time. We tried them all. <laughs> yeah, we did. Ran into a bunch of the other good locals. Uh, yeah, you, my, oh, my neighbors right. and friends. You're you up. Right. We got a hookup for this year for the Beast. Last year at the bar. Yeah, we met. We Place, met your buddy. Places that's where right we can, up the street from you. We can definitely park the boat. What the winds are in. Yeah, yeah man. Good spot. So, yeah, he's he's a good friend. He he thinks the uh, idea of us having a bunch of guys up there camping and fishing is the coolest thing in the whole world. And he's a good dude. I think there were several bars we missed between. That I might have to put on the itinerary this year. I'll hey, do a man. little homework this year. <laughs> Drag me along. I, I will have a good time. You can't. Yeah, you can't beat the good time up there. True. Bam, the locals are Bam, different. you'll be missed though. And yeah, Bam was a fun guy to have around. Oh, whenever we went to the bars afterwards, he was a fucking riot, man. Yeah, he was. He truly he was. was. Riot. He was he meeting was all the locals all, and yeah. all of them. How many geriatric women did he hit on? <laughs> all of them. All of them. I swear, dude. If there was a sixty-year-old woman at the bar, which they all were, he was hitting on every one of them. Oh, you gotta love that guy. I love it. He was putting he was putting hope in their hearts and you know <laughs> that was it was just a wonderful <laughs> thing to see. <laughs> uh, Sam, come on back. Uh, Don't he, worry. he ruined a lot of husbands' nights yeah, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> You should have seen the twinkle in the old lady's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor uh, Bam. I gotta go back home to this. He crap. had those cowboy <laughs> boots on, man, and they were just melting. The ladies were just melting for the cowboy boots. <laughs> Oh, we love you, Bam. We're just talking shit because we love you so much. Amen. We're going to miss you. That was definitely a, a one. Uh, he, was, he, was, he was great to have around. He was wonderful to have at the camp. He added to the atmosphere Absolutely. and the good time. I had him on a boat for two days, man. Yeah. That was I can't wait time. to see Rick. Yeah, I can't I wait can, to see no, Rick, I haven't too. seen Rick in forever. Uh, I can't wait to see Rick. I've seen him since the last piece. Too, I know, man. and... Uh, he looks like he's living living life like he loves to live it. And, uh, man, but I can't wait to see him. I, I truly, he's somebody I always look forward to seeing. We see too much of Chris now, <laughs> so I can't say that about Chris. Um, but, you know, all, all, all the guys. I'm, I'm ready for the camaraderie. I'm ready for the, the good times and, and all the f- good food. I'm ready for the oysters, Rick. Yes. Oh, some oysters. And some cobia if you start catching them, buddy. I was just going to say, any luck yet? Nothing I yet. I don't know. I'm not sure. No? No cobia? Need no an update, Rick. He'll 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 catch it right before he comes up, so it'll be fresh. The oysters and like I'm not. A, are you guys? O- did you eat oh, oysters? Yeah. You oh, always yeah. you've oh, always yeah. liked them. That you? was my first go around with them. Okay, and I I'm, I, I can dig it. I love them. Mm-hmm. I I ate them f- quite a di- a bit. I worked at Red Lobster, so they were fresh. They came in all the time. They came in once a week. I mean, they were the thing that got brought in the most often. That and fresh fish, fish. Sorry, and uh, I tried them a bunch of different ways. Rockefeller, all kinds of different ways, and you know, raw. And I just, man. But the ones that Rick brought up, and I don't know if it's just my my palate has changed or what it is now, but boy, I I did. I enjoyed them. I could do two, two, three a night tops. That was about all I could do. Um, 
Two to three dozen. That's that real ocean, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I no farm ocean. There is no stuff. Quite a bit of grit. I, I'll, I'll do. I, and this is the guy who doesn't eat them at all. Like, and I've done two or three a night every night. You know, and it, it they're great. I'm just glad they, they can are, chuck them. They are very good. Yeah, I can't chuck an oyster. <laughs> oh, I can. Knife in my hand every time. Oh, I'm I'm a good shucker of the oyster, but I just never really liked it. Like I I don't know. Th- those they're good and it's 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 good. You have a couple, a little bit of bourbon in you, you know, and and have a beer next to you. You know, eat it and nice salty. It goes good with a good beer. Are we bringing a grill this year? Chris has flat top. Hmm. He has right. your flat top still, doesn't he? Mm-mm. You got it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My wife took cleaned it all up, took it on a camping oh, trip. Oh yeah, that's right. And then she got it there in the adapter to yeah. hook up where it wasn't <laughs> with it. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I get a message. Yeah. You know where the legs and maybe the adapter is? <laughs> yeah, right here. <laughs> it's clean now. Ready to go for the beast. And if you didn't get in this year, sorry. Get in next year. And I hope I hope that I on my hope is they honestly open it up for these five teams so they get to experience it. And I don't think it'll crowd anything too too much for five more teams. And I thought that was a good thing. Like what he said about, you know, seeing how many more and, and seeing how it all rolls and just maybe adding those five teams in. I don't think that would be a terrible thing if they can. Mm-hmm. If they think they can hold the people there. Especially you got, I mean, reigning champ coming back. He can't get in. It would be nice to at least that they could get their chance to repeat. Which I don't think there's ever been a repeat champ, so. Nope. But, hey, we'll be talking about this more often. Until it happens every week. And we'll uh, be talking after it, too. Uh, <laughs> you, you're darn right we will. Um, and just the season coming up. And uh, But, hey, on that note, Mark, we were at 220 uh, sponsors. Got Yeti built for the wild. Cortland Lions, that time. Go grab some musky pike lines. Sims Fishing. Check them out at simsfishing.com. New lineup's out for the fall. And we're missing one A-Rex hooks. Fresh and salt water. Check them out. Got friends of the show. We got Ryan Evans at Queen City Guiding, Michael Davis at Down to Earth Wealth Management, Thomas Shank, Chippewa River Custom Rods, our friends over at Musky Fool, and the Nisky, Nittany Valley Musky Alliance. Who put on the Beast of the East? Who put on the Beast of the East? <laughs>